this faith walk ain't no cakewalk. And if you're gonna put it, it's, it's like this, you can't lean against a shovel and, and, and pray for a hole. You have to put the work in, you know what I'm saying? You have to get in and get dirty and then overcome, show obedience, show faith, show up. You have to dig in and it's not digging for a week. It's not fourth inning faith. We're talking about nine innings of faith here. Welcome to the Kingdom Misfits podcast, where we talk about biblical topics and culture through the lens of scripture. Our goal is to deepen our understanding of God's word through wrestling with scripture and renewing our minds. All right, what's up, everybody? How's it going? You're tuning in to another episode of the Kingdom Misfits, and we got another special guest today, and that's the homeboy, Ryan Donahue. What How's up, going, Hello, hello. Nice hey, Ryan. Back. Nice to be back, guys. Much love. Yep, and Ryan, we had you on episode 22, where we were talking about out of the darkness and into the light. Mm-hmm. So give us an update. How's God been working in your life since the last time we talked? Oh, man. it's uh, I believe it was last September since I was on, and uh, since then, man, I've... Uh, He's just been uplifting me. Uh, he's been uh, guiding me to um, doing uh, doing more things because you know in the Bible it says uh, if I can trust you with small things, I can trust you with bigger things. Mm. So uh, after after the last podcast um, starting this year, I believe in uh, February, I I was blessed with the opportunity once a month to to uh, teach a recovery a recovery road class up at Thrive. So I've been doing that once a month. Um, I just, um, yesterday I was asked if I would, uh, if I could go into prisons and do my testimony and stuff mm. like that. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, um, he's putting me in, uh, new places, uh, trusting me with more, filling me up more, uh, guiding me more. I'm just getting more through uh, obedience and, uh, focus. You know, we, I mean, I, I'm, I, I fail every day as we all do, but, uh, since the last podcast, he's just opened more doors, the more obedient we are and the more we pray and the more we meditate and the more. We show our faith in trials and tribulations, which are which are promised to us. The more the more He opens doors to the faithful and righteous. So, right. yeah, a lot of things have been opening up for me, and thank God. It's so, how's that got been. you feeling? I mean, were you a little oh, nervous? Man. I mean, what about teaching classes? Because that's something you haven't done in the past, right? Correct. Yeah, last year, um, I had been doing uh, like He has been uh, leading me to doing testimonies and messages at at churches, um, uh, and, and like in men's group or you know like um men's breakfasts and stuff like that and fashion money uh, fashion money last yeah. year fashion money which was yep. a, which was amazing Yo, and ryan was walking down that that aisle real smooth too <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was blessed being the, the first male fashion money um yep. which was which was such an honor um so it's, it's it, it really feels like just another a, a next step another um honored for sure mm-hmm. all the glory to god for sure but just it just uh it feels uh to me just like another step uh, thank you god for it you know like you're getting your your uh god's giving getting you to the place where you're supposed to be at yes exactly that's one one step at a time through his right uh, grace and mercy for sure and what a level of consistency you've been bringing to mm-hmm. the table man i remember we got to watch you do one of the classes and teach and mm-hmm. and it's so awesome to see you growing since the last time we we had you on the podcast even though we see you in the recovery road and other avenues but ryan's really been leaning in i i just have a question for you yeah how did you handle the uncomfortableness of having to step into something new oh thank you for that question i think the um of amongst the many things that um, God has taught me in the last two years, September fifteenth actually would be my my two years um, for being all in, um, like so, as a believer or just committing yourself. Committing myself. I, I was coming to church when I was like seventeen to twenty twenty two up and down, but um, consistently um, 
uh, August 15th will be two years. So um, one, one thing, one of many things that I learned is uh, going outside your norm and your comfortable zone is where you succeed and learn a lot. So actually outside of my comfort zone, the more I got out of my comfort zone and learning that that's a positive thing. It's, it's a really, really good thing to step out of your comfort zone with the, with the confidence that the Lord gives you, right? Cause with, without the Lord, I, I am nothing. I am nothing positive for sure, but stepping out of my comfort zone with God and with the faith I have and with the obedience, I can't go wrong doing right for God. It's uncomfortable for sure, mm-hmm. but I know I carry that faith and love that, that will, that won't go anywhere that I know God's never going to leave me and he's never left me so going outside of my comfort zone is uncomfortably comfortable if that makes sense you know what i'm saying for sure, for sure. <laughs> do you think jesus is right-handed i know his right hand's on me <laughs> his righteous right hand. i would just say he's too right to be wrong man so maybe he's right-handed who knows he doesn't have a left hand i'll tell you that he got two right hands praise god that's hilarious all right so ryan i mean congratulations way Thank to you, way man. to grow man we, we love seeing that hey man Mike, so we heard that you just did a, a conversation at or a talk at the men's breakfast. How was yeah. that? Mm. You know, that to to be uh, completely honest, I I feel like I left I left some stuff out that I could have really dug in more. Uh, I guess I mean you guys, Michael V Hill and sure. and Ryan, they were there. Uh, I, I I walked away from it uh, not satisfied. I just always want to bring my best. Uh, I always want to get to a place where where I challenge man as if somebody was challenging me when I was growing up in the faith. A lot of things that I struggle with and that I have struggled with could have simply been avoided if I knew another man of God was either had struggled with it or had some kind of guidance of how to get out of it. Mm. And so I always take that that approach. Um, I'm very transparent. I think that's one of the most important things is being transparent as a man of God, because you you we, we look at a lot of these pastors, we look at, at a lot of these leaders, and a lot of them don't open up about their sin. A lot of them don't open up about their failures in their marriage, their failures as a father. A lot of them don't do that because they, and I mean, like so, you know, you, you still have that, that feeling inside, like, oh, if I share this, people are going to look at me different, or people are going to... Uh, maybe judge me or maybe they're not going to take what I say seriously or whatever the case may be. But I know for a fact that um, every time I've opened up my heart and I was transparent with my failures, um, it, it's led to people changing their lives. If I if I disappoint four people and, I, and I'm able to reach one man and, and make his family a better family and him a better man in Christ, then it's worth that. Then it's worth it to me. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I've, I, you know, it's crazy because I know we've, we've all speak in front of people. I don't know about you guys, but I don't ever remember what I say. <laughs> like mm, I, I say, you know, sure. I'm up there and I'm speaking and stuff. And then I leave, I'm like, man, I hope I said what I wanted to say, or I hope <laughs> I said that, or, you know, and I don't remember anything that I say, you know? And I mean, I, I always feel like, you know, the, the spirit or the Holy spirit, you know, speaks through you. And, and when you're, when you're that vessel, man, you're just a vessel and, and I walk away. So, I mean, I think how how it went, it'd be uh, Ryan and and Mike Beal to answer that question. I recorded it, brother, just in case you need it. <laughs> Get some game tape. <laughs> yeah, we'll go over the over the over the film. Yeah. I could really relate to exactly what you said. Like you don't remember what you're saying. For me, I thought it was like only me when I far, first start doing like uh, messages and testimonies. Like I went, I go up there and I black out. Like while I'm, you know, the Holy Spirit's moving and you're teaching, and you know, you're teaching whatever you're doing. Um, I leave 
every time I'm done with that, I can't remember 80% of what I said. People come up to me and be like, hey, three months ago at this, when you did your testimony, yeah. I remember you said this and that yeah. stuck with me. And I'm like, I have no clue that I said that. Yeah, I, I had a, a couple of guys come up to me and, and, and say that previously uh, about one time that I spoke. And I'm like, first of all, I don't even remember when I spoke <laughs> saying that. I, I was like, I don't even remember saying that. And they, they had this whole thing like, you said this, this and this. And I'm like... Man, that's some good advice. Like, what, <laughs> that that was me? a good word. <laughs> Where'd you get that from, brother? Are you sure it was me? <laughs> you know, but no, I I spoke on the um, on the topic of uh, my the title of my message was "Who are you," and I wanted to to punch in the uh, to get you to start thinking about who you are because for me when and this is just me personally when I've been going through scripture the last couple of weeks is God has really confronted me about who I am. Am I a man of God or am I a coward? And I really feel like God has really shown me personally to myself, there's only one of two that you can be. You're either a man of God or you're a coward. And so I went in and I started um, researching what the word coward meant, where it, where it said that in scripture and all this other stuff. And it was, it was very terrifying. Um, there's a place in hell for the cowardly. Mm. And that's the first thing on the list in, in Revelation 21, I believe it was, or 21.8, I think I read that. Um, but it, it talks about that. It talks about the sexually immoral. It talks about the liars and all this. It has a whole list of like, like eight or Dante's t- Inferno, yeah. right? It has a mm-hmm. whole list of, of like 10 or 12 things that are going to get you a place in hell. But the very first thing that God uh, writes in there is the cowardly. And that really like hit me. It, it hurt. It scared me. It, it, it shook me up. And I was like, man, like, what does that look like? If you're called to be. Uh, the head of the, your household, if you're called and you're a godly man, like, okay, how are you a coward? And I went through, I'm like, oh, yep, I don't love my wife like Christ loved the church. I definitely don't do that. I'm not, I, I miss opportunities with being a good father to my kids. I definitely miss that. And all these things, I'm like, man, like, I don't speak up sometimes. And all like, so I had this whole list of things that I I felt like made me a coward in according to scripture. And so I really, uh, I really wanted to challenge the man and you know, I, I just kept telling the man, like, who are you? Yeah, man, it's tough speaking in front of people, man. I had a, every time I do it, I'm always nervous. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm always nervous. But the only thing that's ever helped me is like, hey, it ain't about you and how you look doing it. It's about what you're sharing and getting that message out. Whether you're you're preaching the gospel or whether you're you're talking about something for work, it's it's always about the information being shared. It does help if you bring a little bit of your personality to the to the table. But again, when we focus on ourselves, I think that's when we get nervous because you're measuring your performance, and that puts it, a lot of anxiety. It was hard. It was hard for me to. Uh, to be myself like because usually I'm funny I have some funny jokes and one-liners in there but that room was so heavy it was so like the Holy Spirit was there in my beginning prayer I just started breaking down crying I couldn't even get my prayer out Mm -hmm. like standing up in front of everybody you know and it was just like uh, this there was a lot of healing that needed to be happening in there Mm -hmm. and I had to leave right away but I heard there was uh there was some men, some guys in there that that got healed and that were prayed on, and I know there was a young man there that I really wanted to connect with. Um, hopefully, he's there the next time I go. Uh, he was that young kid in the we're in a D hat. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah, he was broken. You saw it on his face as soon as he walked in. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw his broken spirit, and yeah. I just I, I pray for him. I'm I'm praying for him now, and um, I don't even know his name, but God knows his face, and I know his face. So. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, let's give a quick shout out to His Love Fellowship, man, for hosting yes, that, that monthly yeah. man's group because 
Uh, I love how uh, Esteban's heart is when he when he goes about promoting it. He's like men from all over. It doesn't matter what church you go to, what denomination you are, or what you've been through. All men are welcomed here, and we need more of that. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. a place for men I call, to go. I call him the. He's the second coming of uh, what was that that coach McCarthy. Uh, <laughs> these are promise keepers. Promise keepers. Though. Yeah, because that's what they did. That's how they started. They just started having big men group, men's group, and mm -hmm. and next you know it turned into the promise keepers. And yeah, Stefan's. I feel a like second, men need that more coming. than ever nowadays. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Yep. definitely agree. Michael V, how you doing, brother? I'm doing amazing, brother. Thanks for asking. I feel like uh, I feel like God's doing a lot in my life. Uh, I've been breaking out into singing lately, and I it's kind of like what the Lord's kind of been showing me, like singing. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, God, like, like, when, when we were leaving uh, his love yesterday, me and Ryan picked me up, man, and we went to the men's breakfast. And uh, yeah, on the way back, man, I was uh, singing. We always seem to start singing. Huh? Like, we, yeah. we start talking about the Lord, man. And I just would like, just break off nice. into singing. I I noticed that this morning <laughs> with Pastor Bo, how he uh, he was preaching his message and getting into the groove, feeling the Lord, and all of a sudden he'll just break off into singing, man, and. Uh, it's in Isaiah 26, I think. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. A lot of people don't know that that's a song. Like the whole, it's not just the, it's not just a verse to keep you. It's about the people who enter into the city. And it's like a, it's like a song talking about a judgment and then a song. And then of course this week when we were talking about, we were studying up about renewing the mind. So I, I went all the way back to Romans 8 and then came all the way up to back to Romans 12. And uh, right, right on at the end of chapter eleven, right there, he breaks Paul's right, and then he breaks off into a song right at the end, right there, and then he and then he goes back into to the the teaching of the doctrine. So, like, I just like the way that the Lord works like that. We did a <laughs> message at Recovery Road. Ryan helped me out on Friday night with the uh, redeeming the time and. Uh, and that and that it, it says not to be drunk with wine, but filled with the spirit, singing to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Oh, so that's been something that the Lord's kind of been <laughs> opening up to me, man. So just uh, imagine it's like your heart just can't contain it, and it's just got to come out of you. Huh? Yeah, just yeah, just like uh, yeah, man. It's just uh, so yeah. God is good, man. The family's good. I had a niece who was in the car accident, and God uh, saved her definitely for sure. How is she doing? She's doing great, man. She's uh, like her second week in church. Mm -hmm. um, the church was praying for her three weeks ago, and uh, yeah, it was that second week in church, and then her today her little her little friend came with her, man, and uh, Lord's working on him too, and man, praise God, man, just uh, God is amazing, brother. Amen. Just love him for it. Amen to that. Hey guys, did any of you guys see the Sound of Freedom? I did. I've seen it. Yes, I have not. Why didn't you go see it yet? I, I'm to be very, very honest. I'm, I'm terrified of it um, yeah. because it's I, heavy. I can I've had family that is that's very close to it mm -hmm. to that stuff that happens there, and having a ten year old daughter, it, it, it's scary to think about, you know, and and to see it. Like I don't know, man. It's just, oh, it's scary. I don't know. Yeah, that's every parent's nightmare to go through a situation like that. And what I thought was pretty interesting, uh, and this is just about the start of the movie, is like, it wasn't just some guys pulling up in a van, jumping out and grabbing the kid. Mm -hmm. It was a promoter mm -hmm. who really tricked them. Like, that is some, some devious stuff right there. Mm. And then the dad goes back, can't find, you know, his kids are gone. Could you imagine how, I mean, just that whole scene right there made my heart drop because... 
what a feeling of vulnerability and being helpless. Hmm. Like you can't do nothing. It's already happened. What can you do? And it's not like he was like, he's seen him like pulling away. So he has a chance to hop in the car. And exactly. Find. He is like hours, if not a day, a day late. You're, you're, I mean, you're, you're not even like right behind him. You're so, you're so late yeah. that they've been gone for over 24 hours. On the ship. On, yeah. Gone. <laughs> on the ship. <laughs> They're being shipped yeah. out, man. Yeah. For They're real. on their way yeah. to a different country like now. Yeah, yeah, there was there was uh, one just uh, recently a real popular one that uh, made the news uh, circuits was the father took his daughter like they always do to a Mavericks game and she went to the restroom and mind you, she's like 16, 17 years old. So, you know, the dad's not going to go. You got to go to the restroom, go to the restroom. Mm-hmm. She never came back mm-hmm. and they have it on video. You know, the guy in a, uh, a vest or whatever is like, hey, like the, over here, they Whatever he said, he convinced her to walk with her, and then they walked outside, and boom, took her away. We we live in such a time, and at the end, what I found was so scary. I mean, what it's it's a billion dollar business, mm. so it's quickly catching up to the drug trade. And the most horrific statement that came from that is saying, like, with drugs, you can sell once, but you sell a child, you can they can be used what five to ten times. You know what I mean? A Over day. The, a day. You know what I mean? And that was just horrible. Mm. So, and that's something that you know. It needs to be talked about because the uh, what was the guy Ballard? He's been doing this for thirteen years. I remember hearing about him several years ago, mm-hmm. and they said that this movie was you know they made this movie like four years ago, and it wasn't able to get published. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is nothing new, and it I don't it was it was bought by Disney. <laughs> it was it was bought yeah by it was bought by Disney, and they they shelved it. I, I I try not to be so much in the conspiracy theories, but you know this is something yeah. that's not a conspiracy theory. But I think it's just so dark that most people don't even want to talk about it because if you're a parent, your mind goes right there, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You're thinking about your kids. If this happened to me, what would I do? Parties like I would kill the guy. The other one is, is I would do this and that. But just like in the beginning where that guy, it already happened. There's nobody he could yell at. There's nobody he could scream at. There's nobody he can go shoot or do whatever. He was just, it was just him. And that would be the worst feeling ever mm-hmm. for sure. All right. So, anybody got any other events? Anything else you want to talk about before we jump right into the topic? We got a Halo's Closet Fashion Show coming up. Yes, uh, let's September, go ahead and promote that. Yeah, September sixteenth. Mike Michael V Hill's uh, wife is the director. My and you know everybody knows my wife and I are the co-founders of it. Um, but she's they're doing a great job mm-hmm. uh, writing the script. It's a totally new, ramped up version of what we've been doing. This will be our fourth year doing it. But yeah, it'll be September sixteenth. Um, if anybody's where's it gonna be at? It's gonna be at the Mac. What is that? Uh, Event Center. Yeah, seventy second, right off of Federal, right there. Yeah, seventy second and Federal. We are selling tickets this year. Okay. Uh, So between twenty five to ten dollars, twenty five, fifteen, and ten. Those are the three sections you could buy. Um, You could find the information on our Facebook page, Halo's Closet, uh, on Facebook, and direct your way, or you can message, uh, get, send us a message, and we could. uh, walk you through on how to purchase tickets. It's a really it's a really unique show in the sense that it does combine biblical themes and topics with fashion. Mm-hmm. And people get to do what is called a fashionmony. Yep. And that's where they get to tell their story while walking down the line. So if you are in the Denver area or wherever you're from, yeah, you, you want to come check it out. Come <laughs> check it out. Stay at uh, Mike's house. <laughs> every year it gets better and better and it keeps on coming through and Ryan got yeah. to be somebody on that. So yeah. Ryan knows about the experience mm-hmm. and what would you have to say to folks? Oh dude, it's uh, something uh, again, if it's out of your comfort zone, good. If you haven't been good, 
do, do I recommend going? Yes. Do I recommend getting out of your comfort zone? Yes. Is it a blessing? Yes. Uh, the whole uh, Halo's Closet event is uh, it's it's just a good experience. Even if you're just going to go sit and watch, uh, if you're not going to be a part of it, go sit and watch. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful time. It's definitely a blessing of a time. Check them out. Facebook, Halo's Closet. Facebook, huh? Instagram, and uh, the TikTok. TikTok. Yep, the Even the TikTok. All right, so let's go ahead and transition into today's topic. In today's roundtable discussion, we're going to be talking about the process of renewing our minds. Topics that we're going to be exploring today is, are around like what does it look like to have a, a reprobate or debased mind? or I would say walking in the flesh? And how do we start looking at our lives through the lens of God's word rather than through our experiences, setbacks, and cultures? Unless you as a born again Christian learns to renew your, your mind, you will continue to wrestle with the old you and the way of thinking problems and routines that you already have. I think it's fair for us guys to cover what it's like from the beginning because when we become Christians and we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, there's a, basically a transaction that takes place. Uh, we die a spiritual death to our old self and are born again into our new spiritual life. We repent and are baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And a good illustration I found of this is what happens to us next is when we receive the gift of the Spirit, um, and I found this in 1 Corinthians 2 where it says, God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what person knows a man's thoughts except the spirit of the man which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except for the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God, that we might understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we impart this in the words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who possess the Spirit. The unspiritual man does not receive the gifts of the Spirit of God, for they are folly, or some versions say foolishness, to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So I liken that to the baptisms. The example is, is that you get put underwater, which represents the spiritual death, right. and then you rise again. And that is the beginning of our journey. It's not like we come out the water. I don't know about you guys, but when I got baptized, I went under and I came up and I was thinking, my whole thoughts going into it was, man, my life is going to be new when I come back over here. But, but it was just like an outward expression of an inward commitment for me. Because when I came out the water, it was like, you know, hands clapping, people taking photographs, family, right? And then it's like, you know what? I did this public display, but the true changes didn't come till later. It was just me publicly saying, this is what I'm committing to. And that's sort of the journey, right? Your mind isn't renewed the moment you come out of the water. Right. Right. And it's to me, it's like a spiritual, uh, like what you said, like a spiritual death. You die to yourself and then you come up new. But it's also like a, a spiritual marriage, because if you're, you're making a public display of and your spiritual commitment. life, right, your spiritual commitment. But as we all know, except for Ryan, he's the lucky one that's not married. But <laughs> as far as far as we we all know, marriage is um when you get married, the wedding night is 
the funnest, the greatest night, right? That it's supposed to be. But then after that is when you're like, well, what happened? Like, I, th- I thought this was going to be easy. And, and all, all the things are shedding off. Like, oh, the things you didn't know about them, they're starting to reveal themselves, right? And then you're like, well, this is not who I married. I don't remember. Yeah, when were you, you, know, I don't, were you always this crazy? Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember waking up with you covering my mouth and my nose. Mm-hmm. Like, just, you know, stuff like that. Well, dang, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> How long did you date before, yeah. right? No, we were married. <laughs> no uh, me and her got married really quick. Uh, yep. She didn't want to let this fish go. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, she was holding on to this young buck. Um, no, but you know, it's, and it's the same thing with, uh, in your spiritual life, when you get baptized, you feel like, okay, like you're on fire. You're like, all right, what's next? What's, and then you realize like, oh, this is going to be, it's going to be hard work. This is going to be a battle every day. Like you got to put your, uh, uh, put your armor on daily, right? You got to, you got to do your daily devotions. You got to get in your word. You got to do all this. You got to start building your relationship with Christ. Yeah. Right. Because it doesn't happen overnight. Your relationship and the renewing of your mind is something that we are responsible for. It's the work that God does in us, but we're responsible for growing and cultivating that relationship and that personal growth. Uh, for me, I was baptized when I was seventeen. I wasn't I wasn't brought up in the, like a church family or anything. I went to the church for the first time when I was thirteen. I spent the night at a friend's house, and mom was like, "Well, if you're gonna spend the night tonight, uh, you're going with us in the church tomorrow." So I, the first time I got the Holy Spirit, I went to church. I was thirteen. I had my daughter when I was 16. I, I knew, I, I just knew that I needed to be closer to God. And it was, um, it's kind of a long story, but I had, I had been going to church for, for, um, some time, about a year or so, um, after my daughter was born. And I just knew it was the right time to be baptized when I was 17, but I didn't really start walking a hundred, like all in a hundred percent until I was 36. You know what I mean? So I had God with me and I was playing lukewarm and I was, I just knew when I got baptized, I was like, thank you, God, because of my lifestyle at that time. I was like, well, if I get killed or something happens to me, at least I gave, at least I, you know, got baptized and I did give my, give my You got the pass. You got yeah, the pass. I was like, heaven, I was like, right? but it's I didn't like do it just to be like, cool, I'm good. And then I can start a ring up. Fire insurance. Uh, <laughs> right. True. So, like I meant it. I did mean I love God. I didn't just do it to be like, cool. I'm, I, I'm cool today. I can do whatever I want. But I struggled till I was about thirty six, and um, and uh, I mean that's one hell of a gap. It's it's and a, I, and that's a, it's a, a, a 19, 19 year gap. But when I came back in, I was I just knew that um, like a lot of people they get they get baptized in like a month or a week later or whatever however long it's pretty soon after they're like oh my god my my life isn't perfect and I'm still going through trials and tribulations and it's actually harder to walk this life. Hey, this faith walk ain't no cakewalk. And if you're gonna put it, it's it's like this: you can't lean against a shovel and 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 pray for a hole. You have to put the work in. You know what I'm saying? You have to get in and get dirty and then overcome, show obedience, show faith, show up. You have to dig in. And it's not digging for a week. It's not fourth inning faith. We're talking about nine innings of faith here. We're not talking about, hey, I'm going to be good on one day of the week or, hey, just at church, I'm going to act this way. This is a wake up, go to sleep, go to work, go to the store, you know, show your family. And I know for, for me, for the first while, I know, and, and for a lot of people, I know it's like their family and friends thought this was like a phase. Yep. Okay. Yep. He's just, you know, it's just it, uh, give it a month, give it two months. But once you put he'll in back. work. Yeah, yeah. He'll be back. Yeah. He'll be back. Right. No, I'll call him in a couple of weeks. So we'll be out drinking again or go and put in work again. But the longer you dig in and the more I, I pray to God, take the wrong out and put the right in. 
and I saw uh, people I known for 17 to 20 years falling off and it was emotional for me and it was hard for me like why are these people leaving and God told me you asked for this I'm guiding you but you've asked for this so this faith like I said this faith walk ain't no cakewalk and you need to put that shovel in and dig dig that hole right because by if you don't if you lean against a shovel and pray for a hole and you never put that work in by the time you're gonna need that hole where are you gonna be is that hole gonna be there or are you gonna be standing there next to that shovel like I didn't make it right right yep so um it, gets, it does get harder. Um, it, I mean, times go up and down. Life is life. It comes and goes as it is. But when you live your life for God, I don't, I don't, my life doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the Lord. So when I live my life for Christ, and no matter how many times I fail, I get up and I, I, I put in the work. I put in the faith. I put in the obedience. I put, you know what I mean? I put in the work and I search and I ask for forgiveness and I pick up my cross and I, I put in this work every day. With God, all things are possible. So I know no matter the tragedy that's going to come, whether I'm walking with God or not, it's, it's going to come. But I, when I'm walking with the Lord, man, it's, it's I know that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I know that I can do it with him. I know I'll be okay. Worst case scenario, I'm out of body, present with Christ. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I know with God, I'm, I have that, that, like what is born of the flesh is the flesh, what is born of the spirit is spirit. So I know no matter what happens to my flesh in this short life that I've been blessed with, at the end, the Lord is going to take me home. Yeah. I'm going to be able to see him to my face. And I, I won't ask for justice. I'm going to ask for mercy. Mm -hmm. Isn't that hard to explain? Just like you said, it, the walk is not easy. Mm -mm. But I feel like there was a part of it that was, uh, I don't want to say glamorized. I don't think that's the right word. But I thought like when I became a Christian that all my problems were going to disappear. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, that's what you hear. Like you yeah. accept Christ. Yeah. And, and granted, there's some truth in that, right? Um, no, there is truth in that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it works like that for every person because no one person's journey is the same. For sure. But you are correct in saying this walk ain't for the weak mm -hmm. because you will be tested. As a matter of fact, I heard it said once, like, when you, the moment you accepted Jesus Christ into, the, into your heart, you declared war on all of hell. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, and so and and, and you're on the uh, you're the away team. Put your hands up you're, at all you're times. You're the away team. Yeah, yeah. You ain't playing on home team right yeah. here. You ain't playing on the field. That, that is a good way to say that you're on the away team because this is not. It's don't let the world or anything in it, right? Yeah. We're not of this We're world. Aliens. We're in this world. We're not of it. Mm. Michael V Hill, did you have you been baptized yet by the Holy Spirit in the water? I have been. I have been uh, baptized. Uh, I've been baptized in in Jesus' name. I've been baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I've been sprinkled, dunked. I've been all kinds of. Th if baptism is what saves you, I think I'm well covered, man. For sure. <laughs> yeah, all my life I kind of. Well, how I, old were you when you got baptized? If you're if you're talking Catholic, I think I was a baby. Um, I think the first time I probably was six. Um, and then, uh, I got baptized in a Baptist church and then I got baptized in a Pentecostal church a, a couple times. I got baptized one time in prison, um, in, in Texas and Carn city. Um, yeah, I got baptized a whole bunch of times for sure. What, so what, what, does it make sense? And I'm, I'm asking this question as a, as a point of discussion, but does it make sense to have somebody under 10 get baptized? I, I don't, I don't remember where I heard this, but. When you make that commitment to follow Christ, isn't it also when you're at the point of having the understanding of right and wrong? Like there's a certain level of sure, yeah. I I think uh, I think it all depends on the on the kid. Like my daughter, she got baptized when she was eight, and she made that choice. She came to us. You know, we we didn't 
ever bring it up to her. Like she just heard that they were doing baptisms and she wanted to know what it was about. And she's like, I want to live my life like that. And, and does a kid, my my point in saying that is, does a kid understand what it's truly like? Cause if we we were just talking about this, this life, this walk ain't for the week, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not easy. I understand like, Hey, it's cool. Like, Hey, I I dedicate, or I think that you call it dedications. Sure. Like you dedicate your kid. Right. To me, it seems like baptism represents this, this commitment that you're going all into it. Sure. And what does mm. a kid truly understand about well, the walk? What does what does what does Christ say in in scriptures about the little kids having a faith of a child? And then what else? When they don't 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 forbid them to come to me. Yeah. So I, I feel well, like, I don't think you forbid them, like, but I think it, it, well, it's I, different between a baptism and a dedication. It all depends on on the kid, and I also think it depends on the parents too. I I, I feel like. With all my faults and with all with all the stuff that I've you know kind of wrecked and messed up in my life, I kind of feel like I'm in a place where um, I can be a good Christian man, father in my household, and my wife's the same way too. She's she's a great Christian woman, so my daughter is exposed to an element of life that my other kids were never exposed to. Mm. My kids were exposed to uh, the drug and drinking living for the weekend life so that was very accept uh acceptable for them as they grew older it was easy for them to transition into that for my daughter now my youngest daughter it's easy for her to transition into her faith and having her own relationship with christ because that's what she sees on a daily basis in our household yeah i just and and again i don't know the the right answer to that but my thing was just thinking of there's, there comes a certain time when your kids, when our kids, they become teenagers, and no matter how you raise them, if you're taking them to church and everything else, sure. when the world, when they enter into the world, because right now they're under your wing, right? right? She's under your wing. Yeah. And but when she gets into the into middle school and everywhere else, when when the influences start kicking in, you get to see the the the, the fruits of your labor in terms of investment, but also at the same time, our kids finally get the opportunity to have their faiths challenged mm-hmm. and put to the test and that's sure. when you know that you know they're are they going to own it or are they going to walk in the world or become prodigals right i i think at some point they they mimic our behavior because they uh see what's going on but then they start getting influenced by video games and minecraft and all the thousands of hours in there and all of a sudden they know more than everybody else you know from all <laughs> from all the their experiences <laughs> my friends from all the worlds they built in minecraft <laughs> <laughs> right so they're professional so, farmers now yeah. and all this <laughs> yeah so they so so their faith instead of piggybacking off of your faith you know it ha- they have to come through points in their life where they really need God to be there, you know, like so. It, so sure. usually that doesn't happen unless a good trial happens in their life. Exactly. Something that something that only God can basically take away, or God can slow down, yeah. stop from happening. And then, and usually because He's a loving Father, He does that for Him, yeah. and He does that for us. I was just thinking about that because when we went, like in the baptism, it's like, uh, you know, you you die a, a fleshly death, mm-hmm. right? A flesh death. But yeah. then you wake up in this in, in the spirit, and then yeah. when we're talking about kids, it's like, man, you ain't even been on the world on this earth long enough to experience <laughs> any kind of flesh that you need you. to die from, <laughs> right? Unless it's from not cleaning your room, eating all the cookies, and smacking your brother and sister around. You know what you I'm saying? Sit, you got sent better. You got sent to better an hour earlier today. That's your real problem. You got. Like, nah, nah. Dude. It's like these real world problems here, kid. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. Like, it's also the commitment too. Like, that's the other half of it. It's not just the 
the spiritual or the dying of the flesh. I mean, it, for someone to make that choice, you know, like it's it's a commitment. It, it really is. So it's where where you stand in a, in a stance. I guess I'm I'm getting more to uh, on the defending the side because my daughter did it, and I truly believe like the commitment she made to follow Christ, and she she felt that in her heart and. And she she's proven it daily. This was two almost three years ago. You know she's being asked to be one of the leaders in the kids group. You know like Pastor Leonard, the kids uh, pastor, mm -hmm. asked her to make sure that she was at the Bible uh, thing that they had um, because he wanted to place her into a leadership role. Mm -hmm. You know so mm -hmm. and she knows her scriptures. Like she sends me. Uh, I was having a bad day um, two days ago, and she sent me like this three paragraph text message, and it was a prayer. Oh, you know for sure cool, you know so you, so cool you know what i mean that? like her first reaction because she sees her mom and i do it she sees everybody at our church like uh pastor Bo and everybody else like what's your first reaction when something's like that you go to god yeah you know, you're, so the seeds are being planted well you're building the foundation right you're building the foundation for further down the line and, and that, i don't think there is no i mean unless scripture says otherwise does it michael well i think it's how it's providing instructions right raise up right, what, is it, what is that what is that verse that says Raise up a child in the way they should go. When they grow, they won't depart from it. Yeah. But all, I think, well, everyone goes through the trials and tribulations. And and I guess you could say statistically in America, I know there's some statistics out there where they say, like, kids, when they go to college, most of them fall away from the faith. Mm. And that's why I bring up that part. Like, when we, when we talk about, one, yes, you know, kids having, committing themselves to the Lord is, is an awesome thing. And us building and Building the foundation and paving the way is what we are called to do. Mm -hmm. It is our responsibility. So that way, when they get out in the field and they get battle tested, they have that solid foundation. Yeah, when you're outside of that bubble. When that, you're outside that, of yeah, mommy that and daddy. bubble. That, that mommy and daddy bubble. taking you to yep. church. You don't have that. Yeah. yeah, when you get out of your norm and you, you get out of your safe zone. And yeah. like you said, that battle zone. Like no, she she yeah. deals with that stuff uh constant. Like she she is literally writing a book about how she's going to defend her faith. Because oh, wow. she's been she's nice. been coming. She's gonna be like, a little evangelist. Yeah, she dude, I'm That's, not lying. Uh, she's like uh she's telling me like, Dad, this scripture, what does this exactly mean? Like I'm gonna write this because this friend said this to me and I didn't know what to say. And I want to make sure that if someone ever asks me that again, I'm going to have the right thing to say. You know, like she has this thing like because I'm telling you, the school she was, I mean, we have all we we know what's going on in the schools and stuff. And I believe that God and Jesus, they love the kids more than we can possibly love them. Oh, mm -hmm. sure. And, you know, when her her spirit, when it's tested, it's been tested. She's she's even like been honest with me to the point where she was like, Dad, you know, I was all, us friends. We were out there talking. She's like, I just started cussing with them and doing this and i started being me you know and she's like i felt guilty about it and like and i walked her all the way through it from, from start to finish you know mm -hmm. and and i'm so thankful and grateful that god has given me uh another chance at being a parent oh, you know because of the things that my children my older kids the things that they saw this person do the fingers pointing at me but that this person put my family through with all the drinking and the mm -hmm. drug use and the abuse and the throwing breaking wall everything mm -hmm. my daughter get like god has given me the grace to be a, a good father this Amen. time so sure. I'm, I, I'm not taking it for granted i'm not gonna me uh, mess up too much you know that mm -hmm. i i could be confronted on or have control over but it's it's one of those things where you have to know 
when you are being blessed with a second chance, you better yeah, dig better into run it. With it. Yep. And you know what? There is something going on. There's a war for our kids. I believe that spiritually. And as parents, we need to step in and support the children. Right? We even just talked about the sound of freedom. So there's all <laughs> kinds of fronts. But on that note, let's go ahead and transition over to talking about walking in the flesh. So, so how do I let God renew my mind? Well, there's um, a few bullet points that I put down is um, um, pray for God to transform your mind. Ask him. It says, ask not because you have not. So uh, God, I'm, I'm new at this. Please, uh, please uh, transform my mind. Uh, Philippians 4.8, I would uh, encourage uh, people to dig into that scripture. But to move on to my next uh, bullet point is to fill your mind with the word of God. So you have to be in your book. Well, I don't know where to start reading. Just start reading. You mm -hmm. can start reading at Matthew. You can start reading at John, Genesis. You know, I, I encourage your readers to the front, to the back, and uh, re repeat. You know, uh, when you're done, start from the beginning. But it is is to fill fill your mind, fill your um your your soul. Get out of your comfort zone. Ask questions. Say you read the book of, uh, the book of Matthew and you have no clue what it's about. I encourage you to to surround yourself with people that know a lot about that. Have a conversation. With them. What did you get out of Matthew? This is the, this is what I learned. Well, what do you think? Put yourself in those situations, right? For sure, because when 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 we when when we become saved, we're also adopted into the body. Yeah. And as believers, if we're supporting somebody who's just been recently baptized, you don't just say like we're not like animals. We're just like okay, you've been baptized. Now go get them, kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's more like we got. It's it's when the discipling process starts to happen. Mm -hmm. for for the church and the body wraps around and supports that person and helps them embrace the new walk yeah so put yourself in new situations if you have a problem drinking you come you know you come to church you come to god hey renew my mind uh you might want to stay out of the bars or you might want to stay out of people uh people's uh, places that you're drinking you know what i'm saying so you have to not only renew your mind you have to re renew your placement in life you have to put your place in positive situations you have to go in with other believers you have to if you want a different life you can't go to the uh, the same old bar you know what i'm saying you want to instead of the bar you might want to uh, catch a class, uh, a Bible, a Bible study. You know, yeah. but you can't go to the bar and be like, "Hey, everybody, I quit drinking, so I'm just gonna sip on non-alcoholic beer." Because the longer you sit in a barbershop, you're getting a haircut, right? <laughs> so uh, it's meditating through. Um, also meditating on scripture throughout the day. It's not just Sunday, guys. This is an every day, all day. This is my mm -hmm. life, morning, moon, noon, and night. Uh, you know, rejoice and hope. Um, uh, be patient in tribulations. Uh, uh, be constant in prayer. That's uh, Romans twelve twelve. And it's not that like, oh, I just I just looked that up and what? No, I'm meditating on the word it's not that i'm doing this to show off i'm doing this because this is my life i'm renewing my mind you just can't wake up in the morning and be like god renew my mind and i'm going to just do all the same old stuff then you're not putting in the work mm -hmm. so i would say put in the work get around people that are more seasoned get around people that you can you feel comfortable with have good conversations hey i don't know how to pray how do you pray hey ask someone if you really want to know hey man do you mind praying for me real quick do you listen to uh, listen to every, everyone pray hey how do you do this what do you suggest but it's it's really when it comes down to it's an intimate relationship with you and Jesus Christ. And that's where it needs to start is the one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. be honest, be vulnerable, be straight up. Yeah. And I feel like that's the, that's the starting point. I am embracing a relationship with Jesus. Amen. All the other stuff is going to be part of the journey. Mm -hmm. All the things that you just discussed are all things that's going to happen over time. Amen. Over uh -huh. time. Now let's, before we talk about the process of renewing the mind, how do we escape the mentality that we had before we were saved? Well, 
definitely um you have you definitely have to I, I would agree with ryan you have to open up the book the books the that's where all the the heavenly knowledge comes from that's where mm-hmm. i mean when the children of Israel were led out of uh of egypt and then led into the wilderness um it was only like a little after 40 50, 50 days when uh all of a sudden they were they given a whole new way to think so they they got uh they got these laws that were brought down from mount sinai written by the hand of god and a new way to think about life a new way to think unless you program yourself with the word of god there is no transformation that's going to li- little to no transformation that's going to happen you i feel like you can hang around christians all day long if you wanted to and that that would that would do some influencing to you but um unless you learn how to think differently than the way you thought before i don't think you it's it's got to be um what do they call it brainwashing right he's washing your he's washing your mind out with the with the good things instead of the bad things it's also like you got to own your faith because that's how you grow is you got to own that relationship you got to cultivate that relationship because you are now following jesus absolutely and i think all that has to be a, a prayer thing for sure you and god alone in your prayer closet wherever that may be i was explaining to ryan a couple of weeks back man i used to have a little black mask i'd put on my face uh, throw the blankets over the windows and uh, just learn learn how to be by myself in the dark with just my own thoughts and knowing that the spirit of God is inside of me. Where does he? Where is he at in the day to day activities? Where, like when I'm at work, where's where's he at at my job? Is he on hold? Is he keeping his mouth closed, or is he talking? And I just have so much noise going on that I can't find him. So I I went on the search to try to figure out in total darkness where's my where's my thought process coming from, and where do I where do I stop, and where does he start at? So. I feel like cultivating that um, prayer life is definitely that's the that's the only way that you're going to be um, cultivating your relationship with him is just hours spent with him. I mean, if you want to get to know a girl on the street and you like the way she looks or whatever, you're. You, I mean, the first thing you first thing you got to do is go talk to her, right? And then and then you get her phone number and then the communication starts. So when the community, I mean, you can't, you can't expect to be, uh, this girl to be in love with you and she don't even know what you're, what, how you think or what you talk about or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's the same way with God. Like he's, how, how are you going to expect him to love you if he doesn't even know what's on your mind, what's on your thoughts, how you think, what to say, right? It's got, it's the same way of cultivating a relationship with him. It's, uh, you have to talk to him, man. You can't, you got to pick up the phone and talk to him for sure. And that's uh, the prayer line. <laughs> What's that number? Jeremiah 33.3. Call to me and I will show you great and awesome, uh, wonderful things. <laughs> I thought he was going to break out on song and be like, 8675309. That's funny. But also it says in Luke 9, uh, 6, Luke 9, it says, uh, Jesus said to him, uh, no one who puts his hands to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Mm. Mm. Right? Which so, reminds me of Lot's wife. Yeah. Well, what is that? So let's let's frame this. In Romans 8, verses 5 through 8, it says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. And that's what Mike was just talking about. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. 
The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Hmm. So when that transition happens, when we're talking about renewing the mind and walking in the flesh, it's before I met God, I was this way. Okay. I was influenced by the world, influenced by the culture, influenced by the family, everywhere that I grew up, all those things influenced me. Hmm. And, and I liken it to more that I was more about pleasing myself, doing the things that I wanted to do. Right. And nobody was going to tell me nothing. Right. If I wanted to go have a beer, I'm going to have a beer. I don't care what you say. If I wanted to live a certain lifestyle, I'm going to live that way because that is my truth. And this is what I want to do with my life. And you feel you deserve it. Exactly. You know? So then when you, when you call upon the name of Jesus and you are saved, you are saying that I am willing to die to self yeah. and I'm willing to be obedient to Christ. Right. I don't belong to me. I belong to Jesus. And then yeah. you got to spend the rest of the time figuring out what that looks like. For sure. I agree. There well, is um in inside of a human, it's called a mirror neuron. I don't I don't think we ever brought this up in the show before, right? Nope. So the anyone ever heard of it? No. So a mirror neuron, it, it's one of the most important discoveries in the last decade of neuroscience. These are a variety of uh visual spatial neurons which indicate fundamentally about human social interactions. Um, the mirror neurons respond to actions that we observe in others. The interesting part is that mirror neurons fire in the same way when we actually recreate the action in ourselves. So basically, we have this thing inside of us, and when we see somebody doing um, one thing, we, there's something inside of us. Like if, if, you, if you're, uh, I would say if you're a kid or when I was a kid, and uh, and you and you see these kids on the block, and they make these ramps for their bicycle, right? Mm -hmm. Their pedal bike. Doing that. And uh, <laughs> you doing that. yeah, you see everybody running and, and, and jumping over it, you know, and try and and so like it's like you, it's like what they're doing. That's what you want to do, right? And so it's like this thing inside of us that that we want to mimic each other, and I feel like that's why commercials appeal to. Uh, to our senses, or if you see a whole bunch of white Lexuses, you, chances are you're going to want one, you know, because we, we, that's how we fire off the same. Well, in the Bible, it talks about like a world, uh, like the, the world system or the, the, the space of time, right? It has like a, a it, it conforms things to it. So everybody's doing the same type of behaviors, the same. So say when, if I go from, from rolling up tobacco in a, in a, in a paper and 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 lighting it on fire and inhaling it, um, then then I get four people around me doing it. Then six people are going to do it, and the ne next thing you know, you know, there's big cigarette brand companies out there and and things like things along that nature. So like this, the, it's like a world pattern that happens, and a lot of it's because of this mirror neuron that we have. They say that kids with autism are lacking it. So that's why they have a trouble. They have troubles with being in the same room with with other kids because they don't know how to mimic the things that are going on. They it, so they're they're, they're kind of lacking the mirror neuron. So, but the crazy thing about the mirror neuron is Jesus came to show us the way of life, and if we follow the way that He showed us, it's the way that we could be changed from the the from the patterns of the world right at first he gave us uh, a law how to deal with each other but but then we didn't we didn't do so well with that we learned how to manipulate it find steps around it and everything and you know i feel like 
this is what I feel like, honestly, and I'm not trying to be, um, how would I say, uh, I'm not trying to offend anybody or anything, but if, if I read Isaiah chapter 65, right, in Isaiah chapter 66, it talks about the second coming of Christ. And to him, if you listen to the vocabulary, the dietary laws never changed to him. So if, if the if the law has been done away with, he, it, nobody's told him because when he comes back, he's kind of freaking out and in the way that people are acting and the way they're 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 committing sacrifices, and he says they're doing it wrong. So I mean, it's pretty crazy to think about, like. I feel like mankind has, we, we've kind of corrupted the ways of God because we want to simplify things. We want to do away with stuff. We want to trim the fat, cut the Old Testament out of our thinking, out of our theology. Mm. We want to do the least amount of possible and get the most blessing in return, right? So we don't want to do anything for God, mm. but we want him to do everything for us. If we um, conform ourselves to the way the world uh, is doing things, that we... We lose, uh, we lose out on all these blessings and these keys and and this way that God does things and following after the patterns of Him. I think we're going to dive into a scripture later on in Romans chapter twelve, and I got a whole lot more insight coming up. Uh -oh. So, but I just think that the mirror neuron guys is is one of the keys to our failures and our successes because it, it helps us follow those who do bad and it helps us follow those who do good. Like it's, I'll read this verse. It kind of tags along uh, okay. to what you were saying. First uh, Peter, uh, one thirteen through sixteen. It says, "Therefore, prepare your minds for action, and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, mm. but as He who called you." is holy. holy yes you also be holy in all your conduct since it is written you shall be holy for i am holy and that's part of walking in a new mindset because sure. the word holy means what being set, set apart, apart set apart how are you going to know if you're set apart if you're acting like everybody else yeah I, and i love how you said that a lot of people a lot of people um, let's say, well, I, well, I feel alone. This walk is lonely. This walk, well, you're being set. I tell them, I tell them, change your perspective. You're not, you're not lonely. You're set apart. Mm. There's a reason. Like a, a, a golden, a, a, an athlete in Olympics wins the gold medal. He's on that first place um, plateau by himself. He's not lonely. He's set apart to show everyone, hey, I won the gold. And mm. everyone in Christ, you have won the gold. You're not lonely. You're being set apart in this life that God mm. wants you to. You're on a path by yourself. So you're not lonely. You're set apart. Right. Renew your mind and stop thinking you're lonely and start uh, embracing that you are being set apart for Christ. Yeah. And if you're, yeah. if if you're if you're praying for God to elevate you, if you're praying for God to make to give you a better life, like he was saying with that with that mirror neuron, and you're mimicking the people around you that are bad, mm -hmm. sometimes God removes those people from your life to make you have a better be in a better place, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just part of the process. When you come out of the darkness into the light, you knew what life was like in the dark. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying everything in the world is dark. But you came from a different mind of thinking. And then now you're, 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 you're trying to transition. Sometimes that walk can be lonely, but you are truly not alone. Sure. The Lord is with you. Amen. And, and, and that's part of the God putting his spirit in you. But there is this transition period that does happen. Mm -hmm. Because what happens? You were talking about this earlier. 
when you accept Christ and then you go and, and, and let's say you lived like hell. We're just going to put it this way. Sure. Most of us are... are, are uh, rough cut? Yes. <laughs> most of us are... Most of us... The rough cut Christians. <laughs> most of us The director's little, cut. Yeah, rough around the edges. Most of us are, grew up rough around the edges. A little bit. Okay? And so, essentially, that's all you knew. Yeah. You knew how to live like that. You did for yourself. You did what you wanted. You wanted mm -hmm. something. You took it. Yeah. However, now you're being called to go into a different environment. And think about it. Everybody you knew, your family, they saw the old you. Ryan, I'm pointing at you. I'm yeah. using you as an example. They saw the old Ryan. The old Ryan who was probably stealing and selling drugs out of his mom's house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so when you come over there and you're like, you know what? I went to church or I met I met Michael V and 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 he was talking about this gospel and I wanted it and I asked for Jesus to come into my heart at that moment and then they're like yeah yeah so you know tomorrow you're gonna go to church now what are you gonna do and they start all the jokes start coming in because now you're like well now I'm caught between a rock and a hard place because mm -hmm. I've made this commitment and the Lord says to be set apart mm -hmm. however nothing around me is set apart I just met one person. Maybe that's your one point of reference. And Michael's that example. And now it's like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to cut off my family now? Am I supposed to walk away from everything that I am familiar with and change my whole life? Some people, I've even heard testimonies where some people said, all right, well, God save me. And then I knew that I had to step away. And this is the question I'm going to pose to you guys is, what is the opportunity cost of following Jesus? Your, your life. In what way? You, uh, I, I say it like this. I don't owe nothing to my old self to except to become my new self. And uh, if I don't belong to myself, I belong to Christ. I, I, I get in my prayer closet and I get in my meditation. I say, Lord, uh, show me where to go. Be the light on my feet and the, um, the lamp to my ways, right? Uh, so whatever whatever that cost is, and that cost is your life every day. You must wake up, die to yourself, and pick up your cross. So um, the closer you get to God, the closer he gets to you. And I believe what whatever it takes to get close to God. So if it takes um, deleting everyone out of your phone, getting a different phone number, go to a different school, get a different job, whatever it is, whatever God. God the Holy Spirit speaks to you to do that's what you must do because this life is a very short life and we must do whatever it takes to get as close as we can and do and, and to walk in God's will so if God wants us to do a B and C but we're but we're stuck before we even get to a then you have to find out and be God God guided to do whatever whatever it takes to get there whatever it takes die to yourself move forward in God so like I said if now it, how did the, you feel in that time Oh, I was I was very emotional. My first year was very emotional to me. I was I was very sad. I did feel very alone because I knew people from 20, for 20 years. I knew people from 17 years that I put in put in work with, family that I that I grew up with putting in work with, uh, doing things um, everything but godly, right? That they had to go, and I told them face though. I will 80 of them. God just kind of really took took away from me. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like homie went to prison, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or they stopped calling, or they're like, hey, you're not even kicking it no more. You know, you're you're this, you're that, you're 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 busy going to church and we're out here at the club it's wednesday and why are you going to church and you know so the god really weeded a lot of them out but i'll tell you there's a handful of them that were very close to me and very close to my old life that i just be, had to be like hey man i can't kick it with you no more you i can't have you a part of my life and I, that, that had that that had to be a very blunt and, and not aggressive but a, an assertive conversation hey while i'm doing this if you're not for me and if you're not for me bettering myself through jesus christ then I can't, um, I can't mess with you, and that's that's almost literally what happened. And I told them, I told them this. I mean, if you can't be happy for me in this new life, trying to do positive things, not gangbanging no more, not putting hands on people no more, not selling drugs no more, not getting in fist fights at the bar, not getting fist fights at a stoplight. If you can't be 
before me in this positive life that I that I'm searching for Christ on, then you must go. And they they weren't they weren't too happy with it. But hey, they, they you you have to go by all means necessary. They have to go. See, and that's the reality of the walk. Mm-hmm. And some people may not be that extreme, right? You sure. may not be gang banging, but but you may be stepping away from a life of partying. Sure. And you've got to escape that. And and it's true because you stop having things in common with people because yeah. your mind is being renewed. Yep. And therefore the things you used to do, you know, that was that was how you bonded with people. Yeah. That was how we related to each other. We would drink together. We would yep. smoke a joint, do a line of coke, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever we did, we that was sort of our bonding time together. Right. But now you stepped out of that, and now things are different, and I have no more relationship with you in it's that area. Very true. So very then true. it's like we got to cut ties. You find out the things that, that were keeping you common together are really the things that were destroying you. Like they're mm-hmm. self-destructive mm-hmm. patterns. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, like putting cocaine in your nose. That jacks up your the way you smell, your nasal cavity. It messes up your brain. It, not to mention your emotional system, man. When you come down off that, oh, you feel bad. Yeah. You, you it, There's like all kinds of things that happen that causes depression, right? And so... If you if you would stop like doing things things of that nature that were destroying you, you know it, it's like everybody gets offended because they're like, man, you ain't even a homie anymore. You don't exactly. want to go. You don't want to go poison yourself with your with us tonight, man. You so know, true, dude. It's you're, so you're, true. You're killing your liver, man. Like <laughs> In hindsight, all, right? all the all the things that you used to do for fun yeah. are the things that are self destructive. Killing. And you. the enemy has it packaged up in a in a format to us that makes it look so appealing, right? Mm-hmm. He gives you the cool looking bottles and everything. Mm-hmm. And and it, all of a sudden it makes you curious of what it tastes like to, you know, to have some of that, you know, or, or, or the bottle that, that looks the more, the more expensive bottle. You know, these are the, these are the bottle service bottles. This ain't just, this ain't what the wino Joe's taking down on the corner, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and True. really True. it's all poison, man. All mm-hmm. that stuff, the, the alcoholism, smoking, man. You know, uh, so a person who's in a house fire, the first thing that a, that an ambulance does and a, and a paramedic does is they they take him away from where the fire is coming at, and then they start treating their lungs for taking smoke inside, right? Because that's damaging. They know it's damaging, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we, but we'll give somebody ten bucks, man, to to, <laughs> to damage our own lungs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I get a lighter with that too? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but that those are those self-destructive patterns. The enemy packages them up and makes them look so good that we, you know, if we're not together destroying ourselves in a circle, man, it's like how are we going to have fun tonight? You know? Yeah. And another mentality that, that, that I struggled with for the longest time, and I'm just doing some real talk here, is that my thoughts were, was that if I become a Christian, my life's going to get boring. Mm. Oh, man. I felt like, man, church sure. people, they're so boring. All they want to do is just sing all day mm-hmm. and, and just study Boom the Bible ya. all day. They don't know how to <laughs> laugh. I, I, don't, do I do? didn't even know if you did. Any, yeah, like, what, what do church people do? Yeah, and, and that old. was a, they're old people, and and, and, I, and I'm not sorry for saying that because that's really how I Dude, thought, and I felt so like true. that for the longest time until I started meeting folks who lived differently, and I was like, oh, so this is how you have fun outside of a nightclub, outside of a bar, sure. outside of a house party, and that's the transition because. I only knew how to relate to people like, hey, when we were kicking it, homie, we were smoking a joint, yeah. right? We were sitting there, we're high, and then we then because we're high, we're talking about off the wall subjects and just hanging yeah. out, and that was how me and the homies just bond, right? Yeah. Right. 
But then you take that away and I'm like, well, how do I have fun now? What am I going to do? Am I just going to go to kids camp or something? You know what I mean? I'm trying to, <laughs> I, I could not imagine that. You go to, you go to a ton of restaurants, spend a ton of money and get fat, brother. That's <laughs> what I do now. You know, one thing, one thing that I think about, like once you, you get old, that, one thing that I remember, I think it was last year on your birthday. I, think, I don't think it was Lola's birthday. I think it was your birthday last year. We had that at, at the, at the church in like the, sure. like the hall part, right? No, that was two years ago. Well, two years ago. Yeah. Two, not this last but year before that so um so i got there and like on, when i was outside i was like hearing the dun, 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 i was like man it sounds like a club oh inside. oh you're talking about last year the the party at the church oh, yeah that, that was both last of your year. birthdays yeah, yeah was, me and mike's yeah yeah, right. yeah we have yeah we're celebrating our m&ms yeah yeah so yeah, I, I walked yeah. inside man and i was like man this is like a club people are we're dancing, dancing old yeah. school yeah. Music. Oh, good music a dj the lights were going like a club and I we was were like, so man, this is this is a club, and I'm like, people are getting it, and I so I go inside, I grab something to eat, I, I you know I, I shake hands with everybody, I know I'm 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 happy, like, and I look around, I'm like, man, this is like a club with no alcohol. Uh-huh. I was like, and it, it, it hit me. I was like, man, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't have to watch my back in the, in this in this environment like I did uh-huh. at the club before. But it was like everything but the poison. It was all the fun, all the positivity, all the good. Wow. Time. You know what I'm saying? And without all the negativity, without all the, yeah. like me watching my back me being like, hey, that fool, there's going to be a problem after a couple of drinks or, you know, or the, or, you know, or the drink, you know, the, you know, the, the selling, the selling dope in the, in the bathroom, like all the, all the negative, all the poison was gone. And it was like all, all the good stuff. And I was like, man, I could actually, I could use I could this. do this. Yeah. I could do yeah, this. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that, that was when the light clicked on for me. It's like, you know what? I started, you know, Mike, I was connecting with Mike. And then I met all of you folks from Thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I was just like, okay, it's different. Because I used to, and this is no kidding, I used to make, I used to clown on my wife for wanting to do stuff like that and just go sit in church and worship and stuff. Oh, like for that. sure. I, and I was a jerk and I was wrong for that. Yeah. Because I could not see in my mind how how people of faith could have fun. But then you start to realize as you transition and you start to renew your mind that your relationships become richer. Oh, for sure. It's a different kind of thing. You can have deep relationships with folks. And what I've experienced so far is that men of faith, you know, we're, we're bragging about different things. You see, it used to be about, Hey, you know what? I used to, I used to drink this much, right? Mm. I was the, I was the one who could do a keg stand or I could, I could smoke a whole bong full of, weed or or i did the most dirt or whatever you did but we would say that and we're like you know what that's not the life we did now and we could talk about our flaws and lift and build each other up now Mm -hmm. where it's like you're you're sitting in and i noticed this about being in the his love fellowship men group is that no matter how bad you are there's always another battered brother out there with you who is also on fire for god Mm -hmm. how do you how, how do you explain that how do you explain <laughs> that? I mean, how do you explain that? How like, it's, it's, a different, it's a different fellowship. It is. Right? It, it, so it this is. is what I, because this, this is one of the things I think is overlooked is the enemy puts out a prasad of this is how you have to have fun, right? Because yeah. all of us, I think we all grew up in a place where we, we didn't have a, a strong foundation as far as parents go, right? Yeah. So I, I, I knew this kid I mean, uh, in high school. He wasn't a Christian. But he didn't drink and he didn't smoke. He didn't do any of that. And one day, in me, I was it was in high school, so I I was already saved and but I still kind of partied a little bit. I was like, hey, you want a beer? We're at a house party. And he's like, oh, I don't do that. And I'm like, I was like, oh, what do you go to church? And he's like, no. I, he's like, I don't really believe in God. And I'm like, well, why don't you 
why don't you uh, drink? Like, what? Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, usually the people that don't drink are only like religious people, right? And everybody else does. He's like, why would I want to put that poison in me? He's like, I, I, I'm an athlete. Like, I, this is what yeah, I do. I'm you know, to get these games. So, but, and, <laughs> but it, it started clicking with me. It's like, oh, like, it, and then you know, we were friends. We played on the same football team. And as I got to know him, like, his mom and dad were always there. His brothers and sisters were always there at all his stuff. And I'm like, oh, they got a, they got a strong family unit. Like, mm, yeah. and, and so I think what happens a lot of times, especially with us that are broken, is they're like, oh, like, this is the one thing that connects you all together. You feel good drinking, right? You get, you feel good doing drugs, like, but you do it together because we weren't created to be alone. Mm, no. We were created for uh, company and, and love and fellowship. And so the one thing that connects us all together was drinking and um and doing drugs. So now that we're walking in in faith, the one thing that keeps us all together and that's common is Jesus Christ, our relationship with Jesus Christ. And all the things that we were back then that people enjoyed, it was only for a short period of time that we were drunk. We were that that person that was happy, right? We were mm -hmm. that person that uh, enjoyed coming. That was just on the outside, right? And that was just for a short period. Mm -hmm. But now that short period is a long as a life period now because that's who we really are. But we're we get to be that around. We get to be that because God renews and fills us with uh, with that happy, that gladness, that love. All the all the stuff that we dealt with that God has taken all that away and re, and refilled us with Him. I don't have to feel like I have to deal with my abandonment issues because I have Christ, mm. and I have my brothers around me that have dealt with that too. So there's that common bond. But yeah. now it's all in a positive light. It's all positive now from here. So God has taken that short period of happiness and made it. You can have access to that happiness anytime you want because it's there and it's better it's, than you can imagine. Right. It's in it's in His Word. It's in his fasting, it's in his prayer, it's in his fellowship, it's everywhere. That happiness is everywhere. Mm -hmm. That happiness, that spirit is the same spirit that wrote, that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So where where is the shortcomings at, right? Because yeah. where is the parts where um, that you can have something to, to complain about if you're I'm talking to us now in this in the around this table because we're seasoned. We should all we know when I'm struggling with something, uh, I have somewhere to go. But that doesn't mean I backslide and I start drinking again because my life's falling apart. I already know like that's this little struggle is only temporary, right? It's only temporary mm -hmm. because it could be resolved in a matter of minutes, or if you want it resolved in a matter of seconds, you call Michael Vigil and have him and his mom pray for you, and then boom, it's done. <laughs> yes. It's over. Right? That is facts. Right. <laughs> I've seen I've call seen their Mama prayers. G. I've seen her prayers raise man from the dead and heal her, heal her granddaughter. Yeah, so, you know what I mean. But that's literally that's the spirit that's there. So if 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 someone's praying for you and can raise uh, their husband from the deathbed and heal a torn liver that needs surgery that all of a sudden doesn't need surgery anymore that prayer that spirit that's in her is in us as well yeah, sure. so once you once you realize that and and it says all through scripture when god is speaking to his people is like this what i'm doing you're going to do greater john 14:12 says most assuredly i say unto you he who believes in me the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. 
That's uh, John fourteen twelve, Mike. That's that is, he left us with that, right? Like that spirit is in us. Why do we allow? Like, or, I'm not saying why do we, but a lot of times I think we allow. We do allow it. Uh, yeah. We allow the this world to blind us, sure, and to put put up a uh, a front like, oh, like that's you you sin, like you I I've lied, you know I've uh, cheated, I've done all these things, like. So now I'm not worthy of of this. I just need to go back to my drinking hole, right? Like that's sure, but yeah. that's not what the what the scripture says, right? Right. right. I I think the scripture says that uh, uh, it's the righteous man that falls seven times and then gets up. It's almost it's almost like that's what makes him righteous, man. Just that he just keeps on getting up, yeah, over and over again. That's what that's that's like his uh, mo, man. He falls, but he, you know what? He gets right back up again. And maybe this is me, and I'm, maybe I'm being a weirdo, but. For the longest time, I felt like my I spent more time trying not to sin as sure. opposed to trying to grow. Right. So does and that make sense? I think the formula to that is um, keep your eyes on him. Right. It, look at me. I, I I seen this uh, Lord of the Rings uh, movie. Yeah. I think it was um, it was the one where Return uh, of the King, the Twin Towers. The fellowship. Oh, no, actually, it was the Hobbit. It was the. Oh, it was the Hobbit. It was the last one. Is it the? I think it was a. So was I love it, Lord of the Rings. The I, battle, I, I, battle I just... of the Five Armies or something. Is it, it's the one where the dragons uh 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 burning that town down. Yeah, yeah. And the bowman, the bowman's son is um is uh like he's burning the tower down and that dragon's swarming around and they can't find the arrow and then the and then the bow gets broken. And then, um, as the as the sun is seeing the dragon just burn this whole lake town down, um, the dragon's like uh, telling him that he's gonna destroy him. And as as the little kids are staring at the dragon, the dad looks at the kid and he tells him, "Look at me, son. Look at me." And he uses the sun to hold, uh, like to to be the how be the bow that that he shoots an arrow off over his shoulder. And I feel like that that's exactly what the enemy tries to do. He tries to get us focused, so focused on him and the destruction that he's doing that he basically impresses us or he dazzles us with how powerful we 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 give him power, right? We give him this. He's really not that powerful, but we give him that power. Mm-hmm. So we just think about, you know what, like you, you see a lot of times when people are sad or mad or depressed and they have a list, right? So you could tell that they've thought about it because they're like, this went bad, and then that went bad, and then they told me this, and then my car did that, right? And then my body's doing this, and then the doctors tell me that. And it's like they're glorifying all these crazy things that are going on to him. And I feel like Jesus is like that bowman telling his son, look at me, look at me. When the dragon's coming right at you, man, with his mouth full of fire, man, just... Look at me, son. Look at me. And if you stay looking at the face of the Savior, that's where the growth happens. It doesn't happen with trying to focus on not sinning. Yeah. It, it happens by just keeping your eyes on Him, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like all that you come away with is basically the power that you're empowered with. So when you you come, you you go into prayer and you have all these issues and you have all these problems, but you go worship Him for a while and you begin to realize who He is and what He's done and what He's done for you. And then when you come back with the same problems, you come back with the same circumstances, you come back with the same body, but you have a whole new mind when you come back. Well yeah. said. Well <laughs> right? Said.
Hey, man. That was awesome. For a second, I thought she was going to be like, don't look at me, puppy. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bilingual. There's a difference. <laughs> American me. American me. Do you know Danny Del Paso? Those are the fedora hats. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, that, it's that, same, that same concept. Uh, they did a um, an interview with the, the, the speed, downhill speed uh, skiers. Yeah. that go through like the the trees and everything yeah and they're like and yeah they're that. they're like how do you guys go through all that without hitting a tree and they're the main thing that they're coached and they're trained on is you don't focus on the trees you focus on the path mm. whatever you're focused on is what you're going going to hit so if you're going mm. through the wilderness downhill and you're like don't hit the tree don't hit the tree guess what you're going to hit mm. you're going to hit the tree but when you go down that going down the mountain in the wilderness with the trees throughout uh the tracks and everything and you just focus on the tracks um you will make it through there you won't hit a tree and that's how um they had this whole thing this guy did a great job on explaining like um, the science behind it with uh, your mind and focus and all this other sure. stuff. But the things that you focus on is the things you become. True. Mm. It's where your mind and your heart's at. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, well, when you're framing houses, man, and walking on walls, especially over stairwells, and you look down and there's there's two stories in the basement. And that's like, mm. man, if I would fall, man, that would be a long way down. But the thing is, you never think about falling. You always think about just the one step in front of the other one. You know what I mean? If you look down and look at your feet and look at the plate you're walking on, you're, ne uh, you're never going to fall. But if you look down around you, how far it is and the wind blowing and <laughs> where the trusses are coming, swinging in the air and everything, man. <laughs> no, that takes faith. Yeah, for sure. And, and he, does it without, <laughs> he, he does it without harnesses. I know this guy. <laughs> OSHA, don't go to his <laughs> job sites. Oh, man. I got grace. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good point. I mean, we got to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and not, and not uh, our behavior. Because the Holy Spirit transforms us. And that's the role the Holy Spirit plays in the believer's life. When we're starting to learn to renew our mind, and this is mostly coming from the standpoint of a new believer. You know, when somebody who is just now coming to the faith and leaving their old life and trying to walk as a Christian and being renewed by the Holy Spirit. And these are some of the, the things that you're going to encounter in your walk. And even if you're rededicating your life to Christ, this is still some of the stuff that you're going to go, you're going to encounter. And most of us in here have been believers for a long time, but we've gone through these seasons where we fall in and out of faith. And, and it all comes down to having a consistency with renewing your mind. And I wanted to dive in before we transition to talking about renewing of the mind. In Galatians, it talks about the fruits of the flesh. So let's take this uh, live, walking in the flesh a little bit further. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, it says, The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So this is obviously... Live, uh, uh, certain lifestyles that we all choose to live and all of us have walked in one of those in one of those um fruits of the flesh at different points in our time 
And the Bible provides a lot of warnings into what that looks like. And it's not just to kill your joy. It's there as guardrails to protect you in your walk. Well, we walked in all of them. Sometimes True. in the same night. In the same night. <laughs> oh, man, most of the time. <laughs> you know how many times I woke up next to a dumpster or freezing cold in my truck? Like, it, my wife. No, that's extreme, bro. You woke up next to a dumpster? Yeah. It, with oh, uh, with a, a trail of uh, of all the beer that I took, mm-hmm. like, falling out of my coat <laughs> in the snow. Yeah. You'll see. All you got to do is follow the trail, and you see me passed out wherever I passed out at. But yeah, my my wife she'll she'll tell you she she doesn't understand or know or she knows I mean but you know it's a figure of speech but she doesn't understand how I'm still alive because there has been three or four times where she found me out in my truck passed out in below zero weather mm-hmm. just in my in my sweater and my pants like yeah. you know nothing and I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. I woke up uh, behind a bar across the street from a bar under a tree and I had my shoes weren't on. It was after I believe the, uh, the Broncos and Seattle were in the Super Bowl, And uh, I remember crossing the street with my ex and her boyfriend and I fell down and they basically both looked at me and kept walking. And then next thing I know, I wake up and my shoes are off my feet. I have, I have not even a bar left on my phone. I'm um, I can't feel my feet. Um, so I called my dad. I didn't know exactly where I was at. I was just telling him, Hey, this is what's around me. I can't, I can't feel my feet. I'm starting not to feel my hands. I didn't have a coat. Um, long story short, by the grace of Jesus Christ, my dad found me. I couldn't walk. I couldn't feel my feet. He had to pick me up, put me in his van. I thought I was going to lose my feet. I had to massage my feet and put all kinds of stuff on my feet. And I couldn't work for like over six months. I thought my, I was just waiting for my feet to turn black. They were like, they were dark, but they weren't, they were black. Right. So I thought I was going to lose my feet. Um, and that's just, uh, I got left by a girl I was with for seven years and her brother and just left me there in the snow. I thought I was going to die, but that's just one of the many times I woke Mm -hmm. up in other people's closets. I woke up, I've woke up underneath TVs and hallways. Like I, I could talk for hours of how many times. Yeah. All the places I woke up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No clue. Alcohol is one hell of a Oh man, it's a it's well, a poison. Well, it's a mixture sure. mixture yeah. of alcohol and drugs. You mm-hmm. wake up. I woke up at my sister's place. I didn't even know, like I wasn't even. I don't even know where where my sister came from. I woke up like two days later in her in her mm-hmm. uh, apartment. I'm like, what am I doing here? She's like, I found you. You're about to turn down the wrong, going the opposite way on the highway, and we jumped like by the grace of God. They were driving as I was driving, mm-hmm. and they saw me going up going north on the southbound oh geez. and she jumped out of her car she came running and jumped in my car was like what are you doing put it and i don't remember nothing and i would like for us to talk about what are the consequences that can happen as a result from us walking in our flesh and the main one that comes to mind is isolation from god because it's like once you've tasted of the spirit right once you've tasted the water the living water you know what it feels like to walk with God. You know what it feels like to have a uh, connection with God. And then when you start to sin or when you leave a life of sin, there's this disconnect that happens. You get isolated from God and from other people. And that is part of the consequences of walking in the flesh is that one, you isolate from God. Two is that you start to pull away from everybody because I don't want them to see me like that. Mm-hmm. Or Very what true. if what if they knew who I truly was? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that, Ryan? 
Well, I like how you you just how who I truly who true who I truly was. Um, again, I don't owe anything to my old self except to become my new self. So, saying uh, who I truly was was past tense because when when you uh, dedicate your life to to God and you walk in that's that's a new you. We are a, a new creation, right? We are take off the clothes of death, put on the clothes of life. It's better to not know me than to know me and deny me, right? So, um, you knowing you knowing God, walking that, and then stepping away. It's a, it's, it's a, you're, you're, you're new you. So by stepping away and isolating yourself and being like, well, what if they knew who I really was? Well, you're new every morning. We get day, uh, mercy and grace every morning. We, we repent on our sins and ask God to forgive us. And then we are new, we are new there. So, um, reverting is only, uh, being self-destructive, believing, believing everything that is, that, that is not of God, right? To believing in the devil, oh, the old me, and this is who I am. And that just, you're just believing and digging into the lies. So if you, man, it, it, sometimes it's tough, but you know, um, call a brother, call someone close, uh, get, get in some fellowship. So if you, if you, if you're sliding, don't accept the sliding back, don't accept it. Don't accept the, the, the negativity and don't accept the, the, the devil's lies. Accept Jesus. Move forward. Right. Hey, man, I slipped, but but this is not me anymore. What would you define the definition of sin? We talked about this in a previous podcast, but what is what is sin? Sin could be uh, m- missing the mark you're aiming for. Exactly. Um, yeah, sin could also be um, iniquity that's found in any kind of passed down epigenetic stuff right uh bad habits it could be the the bloodstream i feel like um sometimes i think sin could even be the stuff you eat man like <laughs> so who stay knows? away from the shellfish <laughs> don't touch it mike does not eat pork michael, <laughs> michael does not eat pork. mike doesn't eat pork but i think that missing the mark we as believers need to abide in this is that when you sinned, you've missed the mark. You didn't completely fall. You just missed the mark. Mm. So if you keep, if you put it into perspective, it's like I made this mistake. And then when you repent, what does repenting mean? Put that new clip in. Hey, you get another chance. Exactly. That's what happens. We're never going to be without sin. That's impossible. The goal is to sin less, right? right. When we miss the mark and we sin, we need to to get back to the starting line, mm-hmm. right? We need to reset get on our knees ask for forgiveness and then try to make adjustments to where we fell and move on i believe we have a tendency to dwell on our sin because i feel like when i when i sin or i make the mistake i get into this this spiral of just of just like i don't know self-hate like i'm no good why am i even trying to walk with god i can't do this right and then my and then it's like i open the door for all of these, a flood of all these uh, intrusive thoughts to enter my mind and try to rob me of my joy in walking with the Lord, as opposed to just saying, you know what, Lord, forgive me. I had a moment of weakness and I failed, but here's what I did wrong, Lord. And I'm gonna try to try to do things different. Lord, please guide me. Give me the strength to, to step away from whatever caused me to sin so that way I can serve you with honor and integrity. I like the list that uh, Paul's, that you were just talking about earlier in uh, Galatians chapter five. If you could hear what the gospel or how Jesus said it, I think it's uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 18. It says, Those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. 
These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. I, <laughs> I feel like that's what, uh, I feel like that's, I feel like that's Jesus's list of, of the fruits of the flesh, right? Yeah. So those are the things that, um, when we think we have the, the it's the, the things that proceed out of our hearts. So if he, if it's the scripture's true and he's given us a new heart, right? Um, it says that in Ezekiel that he's, he's taken our heart out and given us a, a heart of flesh and taken out a heart of stone, right? And now that we're able to do perform his law um, with our heart of flesh, um, then if the heart is clean, then the the mind still wants to think corrupt things. I feel like because of the patterns you've put your mind through, it wants to recycle, right? I feel like our minds like cycle through stuff yeah, and we and we want to go back over and over again to keep on repeating it. So I think it's sometimes it's dangerous to do uh, a wrong thing even once because your your mind picks up on that man and wants to keep on doing it over and over again. For sure, it's like if you're quit drinking, it's like oh I can have one, and it, like you said, don't even have that one. Yeah, and that's just a comparison, you know. Sure. Right there. And the, I just look at drinking like, hey man, if I want to poison myself, I'll go grab some cyanide. But <laughs> <laughs> cut right to the chase. So. <laughs> Let's skip all this middle man. You know why? Why the middle man? Yeah. <laughs> why the hangover tomorrow, bud? Let's do it now. Yeah, let's do no tomorrow. Let's just get to the point. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, man, I feel like the, I feel like the works of the flesh are pretty much uh, um, covered. And that's why we're um, I think the, on, on this next segment, we're going to we're going to go to why we have we need the new the new mind, how to get away from that old way of thinking, how to get away from that old life, how to get away from those old thought processes, those old patterns and um, put on the mind of Christ. Right. And 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 now that we've been saved, um, let's put our mind on heavenly thoughts where Christ dwells. I guess what Colossians 3 would say yeah. pretty much would take it, take the words right out of my mouth. talks about renewing your mind it is referring to the changing the way you think to create a better life for yourself and a life that honors god in romans 12 it states therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to god this is your true and proper worship do not be conformed to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will gentlemen let's have this conversation about what it looks like to renew our minds we had a lengthy conversation about walking in the flesh which seems a lot more familiar right <laughs> it's easier to talk about <laughs> But we got some hardcore experts in here, right? <laughs> I can tell you all about messing up. But let's let's do something to edify those who are listening to this podcast and discuss what that transformation looks like when we start changing the way we think to create a better life for ourselves and try to honor God in the process. 
Uh, I would say what what that looks like as far as um, like how to do it or what what is the what is the uh, of what, what does it look like for us to change the way we think? What does it look like for Ryan? What, what does, does it look, look like for Ryan? Ryan to change the way I think? Yep. Uh, it like I said before, it has to do with um, I have to change my cadence, and by cadence I mean my routine, right? So um, by doing things, I don't I don't want to. It's like this: the definition of insanity is uh, doing the same thing expecting different results. Correct? Mm-hmm. So I can't do the same thing and expect um, different results. So I can't keep doing all the grind and the, everything that I used to do. Um, I look at it like this. When I knew that my life was going to be different for sure, it was it was like a hey, no more lukewarm. Hey, this is just how it's going to go, and I had no idea what that looked like. I I just told myself, well, well, how am I going to be sober? How am-? there was time, there was so many times in my life where I didn't want to go outside because I didn't trust myself not to be violent. I was scared of myself because I didn't know when I was going to pop off. Mm-hmm. So to renew my mind, to renew um, everything that I that I was doing, I had to do everything, almost everything, really opposite. I couldn't, I couldn't do the things I, w- I was doing. So what, what wasn't I doing? Well, I wasn't at church. So let's, uh, let's start doing that. And that's only one day a week. And I'm like, oh man, I need more. So, so, um, over time in a very short time, I was, okay. It was every Sunday. Then I found out about recovery road. That's every Tuesday and Friday. And I'm like, oh, thank God it's on Friday. So I can have an excuse to the homies where I can't go out. Right. Hey man, I got this class. I'm, you know, whatever. So I had to put myself in new positions. I had to, I do everything new and everything different, but first and foremost, I had to ask God, Hey Lord, I don't know how to do this. I need you to guide me. I need you to show me. I need you to put the people in my life. You know, he, he did. So ask, uh, we had have not because we we ask not so it's ask seek knock um and it's picking up that shovel not leaning against it you know it's putting in the work so i have to do go out of my comfort zone i have to seek positive things you know i if, if all i was doing was negative and that was the wrong way then i have to seek new positive things outside of my comfort zone you know what that looked like for me was going every sunday um obediently okay now i can go every sunday tuesday friday and now now i heard saturday they have men's breakfast Oh, and then Wednesday they have another an hour and some change service. So, trust me, there's so, there's many times where I went and I was like, oh, this one isn't for me. This one isn't for me. And then God slowly was talking to me, hey man, if you get nothing out of this class or this sermon or this, there's two things that you're guaranteed to get: is you're gonna get you're gonna humble yourself and you're gonna gain patience. And being humble and being patient are two very good attributes. Yes, so no matter what I'm learning. At the end of the day, if, if if this wasn't for me today, or this wasn't for me Wednesday, if this wasn't for me Tuesday or Friday, what was for me is being humble, being uh, grateful, um, and renewing my mind one day at a time, one prayer at a time, one positive um, conscience decision at a time, and consistent, uh, you know, pray, uh, pray, pray constantly, praying, you know, being that communication. If you're doing, I tell my daughter, and my nieces all the time, you can't go wrong doing right. So if you're doing positive things, if you're doing godly things, you know, if you're if you're doing the right thing, you're not going to go wrong. Even if you don't understand it, and a lot of times you're not going to understand, but it's not for you to understand, it's for, for you to be obedient. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like what little touch what that means to me. You, I, I love how you broke that down in a very practical manner. That was some very practical advice right there. Okay. And And the consistency is the key. For sure. And I like how you said, I had to do the opposite of the negative and flip that into positive. Mm-hmm. Now, were there some internal things that you had to tell yourself so that way you could stop thinking about yourself in an old way? Let, let me put it this way. I think a lot of us tend to struggle when we become Christians 
with our old identities. Mm. And as you grow, you're still you're still having these associations with somebody that was you like five years ago mm -hmm. in which you no longer have anything in relation to. Mm. But still you that that old man still tends to creep up on you and and embody and starts to bubble out of your personality. Does that make sense? Makes complete sense. It's caught in that because you're like, you know what? I am say like, hey, I'm Ryan. I used to get out in the streets and I used to fight with folks and mm -hmm. I used to sell drugs. Yeah. Therefore, I identify yeah. as a drug dealer. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I identify with the streets. Mm -hmm. And 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 now as we're talking about renewing your mind, what did you have to pray about and tell yourself to separate you from the old Ryan? Well, to separate um, what I had to pray about, I had to... That's a deep question. Brother. It is a very deep question, very lengthy, very complex question. So, <laughs> and, and Because I can understand what it's like to... Even when I was... Even before I came to church and started being my new self, I would, I was really tired of that life in the first place, right? God worked on me slowly even before I, I asked Him to. So I would walk into a room or a bar or a club or where I was at, and I would, people were expecting. They were expecting me to bring the drugs they're expecting me to bring um a physical altercation if it need to be people were knew me and knew like exactly what well ryan's ryan's walking in and this is you know they already viewed me and knew me one way so i i just i really had to break down and say god just guide me guide me to my new me i don't know what it looks like but i it, i i just really knew i had to humble myself and be completely okay with walking by faith and not by sight. I'm talking eyes completely closed, hands up and pressed together, head down and in prayer. So I didn't know what the new me looked like and I didn't know what that was gonna look like, but I had so much faith and trust. God, I, I don't need to know. I'm not in the business of needing to know. I stopped asking God why a long time ago. Why for anything? I, I personally don't. I don't ask God why because he's in the, we're in the business of being obedient. He's in the business of, of um, miracles, miracle maker, you know, uh, wave breaker. I mean, that's, that's what he does. So I knew that when I lived my life for, uh, with Ryan and for Ryan, I was completely wrong. So I knew, hey, what's the opposite of, of Ryan doing Ryan's life? It's God doing Ryan's life. So I, I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what that turnaround was like. I just, I just really had to listen, pray, listen, pray, listen. I don't know how to pray, ask someone. You know, I don't know how to listen. Well, first thing, the best thing about listening is you can't do it while you're talking. So you need to be quiet, you know what I'm saying? So um, I didn't know what it looked like, but I knew that I was doing everything different than from what I was doing, getting plugged in again and again, I'll say it, not just once a week, but getting plugged in and being humble about it. Because when I went in, first went into church, bro, I was going in thinking everyone was judging me, pointing fingers at me, when I was the one walking in with both my fingers pointed at everyone. These fools don't look like me. They're not from where I'm from. They don't have the tattoos I have. They're not from Aurora. You know, they're not from the street. They're, I was going in pointing fingers at people that I didn't even know. I was being the jerk. So I needed to humble myself and be like, Ryan, if you want a positive life, you want a good life, it's not about going in worried about what everyone's thinking about you. It's about you going in and you going straight to the, straight to the Lord and asking him to guide you and not questioning God. You know, getting asking for the discernment. What is what is of my thoughts and what is what is actually um, God speaking to me or leading me? So um, it was completely humbling and completely giving myself up to God all the time. Word, word. What did that look like for you? I will go back to... Uh, scripture, I think is the best way to put to for me to describe it because it, I mean, our our lifestyles may not be the exact same, but they kind of mirror each other, right? So it's like the the dream. I wasn't selling drugs, but I was using drugs. I, you know, I was, um, I was doing all that stuff and everything. But when I when I came 
and to change my thinking and to change who I am and what I was to become to what I am today. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says it the best. It says, put off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true rightness, righteousness and holiness. I find myself a lot in my growth from just getting in my word and 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 getting alone with God. Cuz that, that like the crazy thing that I always that it's hard for me to um to accept. It, it, the reason why I say it's crazy cuz I I'm I'm an introvert at heart. Like I love being by myself. I don't uh I don't really mind you know, not having friends or being around anybody. Like I don't have to have that, but there's, there's a part of me that desires that, you know, and I, and I, and I think that's the God side of me. But when I find myself alone and speaking with God and just literally I'll go out in the backyard and I will talk and I'll, I'll water my uh, plants and everything. And I'll just sit there and speak and talk to him. And uh, that's where a lot of my growth comes from where a lot of answers come from, you know, when I'm alone with him. I found this out the hard way, but it, it's the truth. Things are so simple when it comes to God. God doesn't ever complicate anything that he's given you. We complicate things because we throw in the questionings, the, the oh, I'm not sure, the unsure, and, you know, everything. But it's so simple because if you want a good life, follow Christ. He le- he led the way to a good life. You want a great marriage? Follow Christ. He shows you how to have a great marriage. You want to be a good husband, a good father, like all these things that we desire to do. God has already showed us how to do it in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Everything for me in my life always goes back to Scripture. Whenever I'm questioning myself, um, and I shared this with David and and Mike, I had a I guess a little episode where I let my flesh take over. And I started dealing with a bunch of stuff, and I finally had to confront it and deal with it. And then I had to apologize and bring it to them because I know I was being distant. And I was struggling with stuff in my heart and with my own issues that just came up out of nowhere. You know, and we all go through those. We're all going to go through those. But the the great thing about when you're following God, and this is what I've been uh, this uh, talking with my daughter is, it, it rains on the good, on the righteous, and then the unrighteous. Right? It says that in Scripture. Mm-hmm. The thing I love about this life that I'm living now is when I'm going through my struggles, when I'm falling, when I'm dealing with uh, the spirit of depression, when I'm dealing with the spirit of alcohol. I can go to David. I could go to Mike, the guys that I have around me, to my brother Jeff, and you know, to these men that God put around me, and I could be honest and open with them. And because they're go, they go through the same struggles that I go through. So they're, you know, like the, the, uh, the information that I give them and they give back to me is out of love and, uh, feel me, uh, out of love and, um, similarity, like the things that we struggle with and we're on all of us. The, the thing that I love about our group of men that God has put, put together is we're all going in the same direction. Mm-hmm. We're all want to be better fathers. We all want to be better husbands. 
We all want to be better friends, which was a great message today by Pastor Bo. That thing was just, he knocked it out of the park about being a good friend and friendship, how important it is. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm at the point in my life, the new me is scripture bound. That's who I am now. Like everything, I, I, I truly believe in God's word. I truly believe in the Bible and everything that I struggle with. It's in there. The answers are in there. And the things that, um, when I need encouragement, it's in there. When I need everything that I need uh, f- to feed the new me, it's in script in in scripture. I believe two recovery roads ago, Mike Michael, when you were talking about what does it mean? What does it mean to meditate? Mm-hmm. Like when we're talking about reading the word, because it's not so much just reading the word; it's meditating on it. Sure. And then you ask the question of what is the difference between the Eastern philosophy of meditation and a Christian philosophy of meditation. Sure. And the difference was that when you look at like just basic meditation, you're just emptying your mind. But when we look at uh, Christian meditation, it is filling it. It's filling it with God's word. It's meditating on it. And that is something that, that is the foundation of renewing your mind is that you got to get the word into you. Reading is the, is, is just like, the baseline, right? It's it's the entry point is reading and, and meditating on scripture, but it's also just uh, guarding your mind along with that because as you're reading scripture, you're filling your mind with the word of God. You're also guarding what is going into your mind, and that and for some and it looks different for everybody. For some people, it may be that you struggle with lust, and so therefore you got to be careful about watching movies and 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 looking at things that have beautiful women or beautiful men in it because that's where your mind is going to take you where your mind wants to go. Mm-hmm. So you're going to guard your heart from there. It's it's the same it's the same process that we were talking about. If you are an alcoholic, you have no business being in a bar, sure. right? And and so when we look at renewing our mind when it comes to the reading, it is it's it's about filling our, our our mind with the word of God, but also guarding our hearts and minds from the things that would lead us astray from the word of God. And Mike, I want to ask you, what did renewing, what did the process of renewing your mind look like for you as you were going through it? I feel like, um, so with me, I used to, um, I used to fight with people because my dad used to beat me up in front of my friends. And, uh, and so I felt inadequate. So and my dad used to try to beat beat up my friends too, in their cars and everything. So, um, so I used to try to sh- prove myself that I wasn't a punk. And so I guess when I got out of prison with a whole new way of thinking and everything, and the crazy thing about all my my cool close, we used to call them chromies, right? <laughs> all the chromies, man. <laughs> None of them were around. Right. None of them. I, I got like one letter the whole time I was there. I think one time they came all drunk and put like seven dollars on my books or something like they they tried to come to visit. And none of them could ever visit because they always had warrants or they're, <laughs> right? they're on probation. Can't go to the jail. <laughs> yeah. So something like that. But um, so I felt like the, the hardest part for me was one, how am I going to have fun without, you know, destroying myself? anymore and then two um how am i going to get away from that if i have this whole new way of thinking how do i get away from them so it's kind of weird that the lord like uh kind of worked out into my life i guess meeting somebody who was like from far away from where i lived at and then so i I ended up transplanting to brighton right and uh, there's this psalms uh psalms 
32, verse 7, it says, You are my hiding place, and you shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Right? It's like the old song was... Uh, and it's in the psalm too, but they just kind of cut it up a little bit. But whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. And I feel like that's what I have. I think that's what it involved for me, just staying away from, uh, staying completely away from those people until I knew how to like stand on my own, you know, mm -hmm. because every, because if I, they would come around, I think I would want to fall into that old way of thinking, the old way of doing stuff, you know, their old expectations because they're seeing me as a certain somebody so I remember one time I I uh I did this I did this I used to draw pictures and stuff. So I drew a little tombstone and said Migs on it. You know that they used to call me Miggity Mac and uh, Migs for short. So I put this tombstone with Migs on it, man. And <laughs> and I and basically it had to be the death of me. And I feel like the death of my mentality and everything. And so I think for me it was kind of it was I, I I don't know if it was cowarding away, but it was it was what helped me to get away from not running into those same cats again, you know, because I knew if I would, I'd probably end up right back in that same mess. So I feel like God preserved me somewhat from, but that's what it looked like for me, kind of a transplant, uh, the the address, zip code, the whole nine, man. I had a geographical change for sure. And that that helped in my mental change, right? Renewing my mind. So did you feel like you got to the point where if somebody from your old crew or you used to know came around you that you are now firmly planted and have the ability to say, you know what, I'm good. Or, hey, how you doing? Oh. Without, without without feeling the need to be like, hey, let's go make up for lost time. Let me, let's go do this. But you know how to conduct yourself and not allow anybody to influence you. Yeah. Well, I, I had recently, I had a, a, one of the guys I used to hang out with had died a couple of years back. And, um, What's crazy is I taught a recovery road about um, a root of bitterness, right? I think it's Hebrews uh, chapter 12 and verse like three or five or something around there. There talks about Esau, not to be like Esau with the root of bitterness and how his his family members, even though that he forgave his brother Jacob to Jacob's face, he, he must have said something to his kids because his kids hated Jacob's descendant. Their, their kids hated each other the whole time, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, um, so the Edomites, the, um, the Edomites and, uh, the Israelites, they were always at odds, always at war. And basically cause Jacob robbed his birthright from his brother. So my lesson was on the root of bitterness and how, if, if there's bitterness in, when you start to grow, how it, everything that's grown in that thing that grows is corrupted by the bitterness. And so, uh, so it was, a. I taught that on a Friday night. I went to a, a, a funeral on the Saturday and the guy who's who the guy who basically, um, I guess, told the police about the, my, my case was I, I had assaulted a cop and took his gun and stuff. And and he and I was with him and he was he and I, I took off through a river and he stayed at a bus stop and he got of course they caught him. And then so he told him who I was. So I used to have this, you know, crazy mentality of. He ratted on me, you know, yeah, or he, yeah. he we know he, how that, how that plays out, right? He like, told, yeah, it's he, almost like a law. Yeah. Well, well, he ended up going through the system and being, and so I, I went through the system first before any of my friends, I fell before all of them. They, I mean, they would only go to the county jail for a couple of times, for a couple of months out of a year. I ended up going to prison and, um, and so anyway, he ended up living his life in and out of prison. And so I had, I guess, told the wrong person 
about this guy, you know? And so somehow, you know, word gets around. Yeah. And so I had seen him at the funeral, man, and he was pretty mad, you know, about seeing me. And uh and and so what's crazy was I had to I had to explain to him how my had my father had just passed away and he had passed away because his uh he basically was um he had uh dementia and he had um at, uh, at, what is that other one alzheimer's alzheimer's with dementia yeah and he was violent and it was because he all he never let his anger uh he never got control of his anger i feel like and and so what what i kind of wanted to bring up was is how your your brain how it processes negative thoughts and how it dies basically and when when your brain your physical brain dies from negative thoughts um you all these diseases you're prone to all these diseases as you mature and get older and older and i was explaining to him how my dad had died because he never let go of that anger you know and so i explained to him you know i, I you know i shouldn't have said anything about him i should have you know but i i was trying to i, <laughs> I did want to say bro bro you told on me like <laughs> you know it was the truth like i wasn't lying but I mean, I, so he told me that he had got beat up by uh, a bunch of guys with the uh, padlocks and sock and socks because of what I had said. So he had his head was all busted up and everything, man. And uh, I just told him, "Look, I'm so sorry, man, that that had happened. I don't want to live my life like that no more, man." And I was like, I was like 20 years old when that happened, mm -hmm. you know, like. And uh, and of course I was furious at the time, you know, because yeah. I, I, I of course nobody ever thinks it's my fault or the things that I did wrong. It it was because they told the cops, you know. It was, <laughs> it was like they got me in trouble somehow, you know. Yeah. And it was, but I apologized to them and I had to explain that. And um, and I feel like it's not a problem now to be identified, and and it's so crazy, like in the ways that I knew people in the world because like how ryan was saying i used to go into grocery stores and stuff man and i would do i would black out and do crazy stuff when i was drunk and then uh, i would just be in the grocery store with my little little kid my sons when they were like real young man and they, they'd want to jump me man i had a, my son with me i'm like oh man he's like a year old man and these guys they don't care about a year old son man i got them you know and yeah. i was i was drinking and i'm like having that mentality now of not not having fear of where i go because of what i did to people man it's a whole new way of life and i mm. i wouldn't run trade anything for for the world man you know like yeah. i like that feeling safe like i i could go anywhere and i don't have to fear what side of town i'm in and who who's whatever damage i did or who i talked about or whatever you know but I feel like it, it took a long time to get to that point. So it, yeah. did, it wasn't an overnight process by any means. It did, definitely took some time and it definitely took some walking. And I feel like that's, I feel like when I see martyrs in the Bible, I feel like their testimony becomes so strong and powerful to them because it's the only thing they know to hang on to before they die, you know? And and it's like their, their only purpose in life is um, the gospel, right? Yeah. And so... I feel like I want to get to that point where that's my only sole purpose in life is the gospel. You know, not my feelings, not what people did to me, not how I was done wrong, but just just preaching the message of the gospel message, you know, and and how loud does it ring from forth from my works, from my body, from from the things I'm thinking, from however I'm acting, however I'm living. That's a sign of of mature uh, spiritual maturity, right? 
is when you can get to the point where those things that used to be barriers and roadblocks sure. no longer affect you. Like if you were, if you struggled with drinking, you can walk in the bar without having the temptation. And Mike, you brought it up before where you were talking about how I'm trying to get from the point of recovering to being recovered. recovered. Right. Mm. Yeah. That's, I, I share this a few times uh, and I, and I, I will continue to, because I'm a f uh, big firm believer in, um, in recovered, being recovered. Mm -hmm. And there was a point where I was in recovery at uh, recovery road for about three years. And in those three years, God had his way with me. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of, uh, a heartache. There was a lot of things I had to deal with, but once I got everything dealt with and everything pulled out and, and everything, there was a, a few weeks where I'm like, okay, I, I'm just coming to help now. And I, and I started like helping with the speaking and, and I started teach, uh, I teach, I taught a couple of classes and stuff. And then it came to the, the point where God says, you know, you're, you're, you're recovered now. Like what's next? Like you, you got to move on from this. Like, because I felt like I was about to get into a, a cycle of, okay, I need this in my life to stay sober. I need this. Like, and I was going to attach my identity to recovery road. You know, I was going to attach my, my sobriety to recovery road instead of Jesus. Uh -huh. Right. Mm. Once I got to that point, you know, it was like, all right, I'm recovered now. Like, uh, God has renewed me, uh, my mind and my heart. Uh, I don't deal with, with those alcohol, um, with those drinking episodes where I, I, I start freaking out because I, uh, you know, everybody, I, I become like a, a jerk to be around because I'm not having any liquor or, you know, I'm not craving it anymore and mm -hmm. stuff like that. All that's dealt with. Everything's all that's put to rest. I, I made a, uh, for the, those first three years, my wife was always like, why won't you ever say that you'll never drink again? And I and I always told her, I'm like, because I think I'm going to one day like oh. I, and I don't want to be a liar. Yeah, your foot in the door. Yeah. Yep. And so one day. Um, I just drew the line in the sand and I said, you know what? This is the hill that I will die on. I will never drink again. Yeah. And yeah. from that moment on, you know, I felt free. And yeah. that's when I started dealing with not being in recovery. Now I started dealing with being recovered and healing and moving forward from there. That's a sign of spiritual growth. Mm. Now, have any of you ever had to, in the process of renewing your mind, Learn to forgive yourself and accept that the Lord has forgiven you in order for you to change the way you think and act. That is something something I that is something I struggled with for a long time. You know, it says if um those of you that that don't forgive can't be forgiven, right? Um, as as well as uh if you say you love God but don't love your brother, you're a liar. And uh, those things that rested on me, it was easier for me to forgive everyone in my life than it was for me to forgive myself. Because mm -hmm. it was so hard for me to forgive myself of poisoning uh, God's children with selling drugs. It was so hard for me to forgive myself from, uh, you know, um, beating up people and then continually after they're begging, like, hey, stop, hey, stop. They're bleeding everywhere, you know, to like, like still be beating on someone that's not even defending themselves, right? So, I mean, I can go on and on about how these uh, traumatic events that I caused that I couldn't forgive myself. I mean, just um, stealing. I did my first home invasion. I was like 10 years old, bro. You know what I'm saying? And um, it was just, there's so many things that I didn't feel worthy of being forgiven. You know, I could definitely forgive um, people for doing me extremely wrong. Most of them family, right? 
Um, but for me to forgive myself, it, it took, um, and I thought I had done this uh, about a year and a half ago. Then I thought I did this about a year ago. And then in the last like three weeks, um, I was talking to somebody from our recovery road and they're like, Hey man, you, uh, you still have, uh, unforgiveness in your heart. And I'm like, well, at first my flesh response was, uh, totally, I was like a little upset. I'm like, Oh, like, I'm like, uh, uh-uh, what you talking about? You know what I mean? I'm like, no way. Right. And I'm like, well, what, elaborate. Like, you know, I was a little upset. I was like, well, what do you mean unforgiveness? Like I forgive and I'm, I've went through this process and they they caught me off guard by saying, Hey man, there's something inside you that you still haven't forgave yourself, you know? Mm. And, um, that was very, and I had to be, you know, the biggest thing about this is you got to be honest with yourself because you can lie to yourself, but you're not going to lie to God. Right. So I had to dig, like, what am I not forgiving? What am I not forgiving? And it was still, um, I held on to some of the, some things that were like, you know, like kind of like PTSD, like would, would flash in my, in my mind, even while I was awake, they weren't even like nightmares. They were you know, like PTSD, like flashing in my, in my eyes. And I was like, I, I have to, I have to forgive myself for selling drugs to a pregnant woman, dude. I had to, um, because I was selling drugs to her cousin and stuff. And then I found out that she was, you know, selling the drug, um, doing the drugs with her pregnant cousin. And, um, man, I held on to that for, for years and, you know, because I, I still feel bad. I, I feel so bad about that. It, it traumatized me to be like, man, I'm, I'm giving poison to a pregnant woman, dude. That's like, mm-hmm. I may want to just, you know, break down. And, uh, but I, uh, I had to understand, um, more of how much God loves us and how we're covered with the blood of Jesus when we ask for forgiveness, right? We're, we're bought and paid for. So I have to, I, if I believe in, uh, I have to believe in the whole Bible, just not the little, like a woodpecker. I can't just peck out the scriptures that, that I want to believe in or not. I have to believe the whole thing. And it says, you know, you ask for forgiveness and, and it'll be granted. So I really had to dig and forgive. No, for one, I had to um, completely trust God and be like, I for, ask for forgiveness and he does forgive me. So I had to meditate on that and be like, okay, you are forgiven, Ryan. And it's, I had to forgive myself. I had to forgive myself. And when those things pop up in my brain, like those little flash, like PTSD things, I, that's like the devil, like really just kind of like trying to poke at me, you know? And I have to tell myself, you're forgiven, man. You're forgiven. Even though it still hurts, like, you know, but I am forgiven. So I had to, I, you know, it's, it's continually like when you're like, oh, I, I got over this. And then it comes back. You're like, oh, I have to, I have to do that again. When it bubbles up. Yeah. When yeah. It bubbles up. Yeah. Guys, I think uh, what I wanted to do was to just elaborate elaborate a little bit on Romans chapter 12. I know um, I might have done it in the past, and uh, if it is, it's an uh, instant replay. Paul talks about, he talks about beseeching the brothers by the mercies of God. And the reason why he's saying that is because you have to read chapter 10 and 11 to understand how Israel is basically blinded because so the gentiles could come in right and so all the things that he does to to bring the whole world together as one in one accord that's he does it all to um 
to make one body for himself, one bride. Uh, I used to hear uh, uh, doctrines about Jesus had, the the bride was Jesus's wife, and God the Father had Israel as his wife. But really, there's only one bride, and it's and and it's it's the church, right? And it's in it's in Israel, and 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 it's in the new the Gentile believers. There we're all one. We're all in one. So we're grafted in to being one bride, one bride for God. That's it, right? There's only one bride, and because of the mercy of God, He He allowed us to be part of that being that bride. And so we were never uh, uh, people, we never had the promise, but because of the because of the um, death and burial of Jesus Christ, now we have that promise, right? So so he he goes on a little bit doctrinally about offering our bodies as a sacrifice that's um uh, that's living, right? So we're so usually a sacrifice is something that is did killed before it comes to um to the altar but uh, or killed on top of the altar but now we're 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 sacrifices that are living tied down to the altar right and and it's and what what does he mean by saying that we're holy and acceptable to God well it's what the the sacrifice that God wants it's the one that he prescribed from Leviticus right so that's that and it's it's without it's set apart and it's without blame and it's and when he says it, which is your reasonable service, it's basically saying it's it's the way that your your thoughts would bring together by being in the same room with God, right? It's your reasonable. So the the word reason reasonable, the the Greek word means it's like the thinking that you would get by coming coming to this conclusion because basically God told explained it to you and it all made sense. Right. So that's the that's the reasonable services, how it it's logical to us now. Right. And it's I think the Greek word is logikos. And that's what it means. It's like it's it came together because you were with God. God explained it to you and all the things clicked. Right. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, conformity of the world, of course, that's what I was talking about earlier with the mirror neuron. That's what that mean. That's what it means. It's it's we're we're acting like the same person because we seen them doing a certain thing a certain way. That's exactly what that word. That's where exactly kind of where that think that that word comes from. So the, having that mirror neuron together, and and but be transformed and instead of being like the world, be transformed. So the transformation is is basically. I, I'm coming. I'm coming into agreement with God, right? Because he he explained a certain like the 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 like the word earlier. That's about, but like it's logical to me, right? It, and I'm coming together, and and now not only do, am I agreeing with God, but I'm acting like God wants me to act because of that thinking, right? And and the re, the renewing of the mind is basically just being in agreement with what He wants. My new mind isn't what I want to think. My new mind is what he wants me to think. That's what renewing of the mind is, right? Mm. And that's that's what proves what is good, perfect, and, and acceptable to God, right? It's So that same acceptable where it says like the sacrifice is acceptable, that's the same exact Greek word. Being it's, it's what God prescribes for us. It's living out the perfect will of God. It's because he explained it to me and it all clicks together for me. And that's what 
my new thinking should look like. And it's not, it's, it's not being patterned after this age or this world around me because I'm mimicking the things that they're doing, right? Um, I'm changed. I've changed the way I think. Guys, if you want to take a deep dive, I would recommend Ephesians chapter 4 and chapter 5, right? Because that's where, that's where all the work comes into play. How do I think now? Well, there's certain ways I speak. There's certain ways I handle, um, instead of stealing, now I'm giving things away, right? How do I handle dealing with my wife now? How do I handle dealing with children? In the, in the pagan culture, in the day that Paul was writing this, this letter to the Ephesians, there was men always, they always had mistresses, right? And it was like, it was like a common thing for them to have a mistress. But now that they have, they have a wife, right? Now, now they're, he's getting them to focus on just the one person and not only focusing on that, but trying to make them the two coincide together. And the way that happens is, which is God's prescription of marriage is really the two becoming together. Like when the spirit of God comes inside of you, he's wooing you and coercing you and trying to steer you in directions by, by telling you, don't go that way. Don't do, don't do that. Give this guy this pay for their groceries, do it right. He's like, has all these things that he's telling us. And when we resist it, it's like the same thing when we're in a marriage and we're resisting our love, our, our wife, right? It's like, so the, the, the wife is the pure picture of Genesis on, on the helpmate for the man. It's the same picture that the Holy spirit is for the believer definitely has to help us. Right. That's so when we, when we, when we're going against that, then, then basically we're not, um, we're, we're, we're two different people and God wants us to be one. The way he makes his, his, his wife, the same as him is he, he indwells her and then he starts getting her to think exactly like he thinks. And so what, what happens is when you prove what God's will is, it's you're agreeing with what he's telling you and you start acting it out and walking it out. And if you could mimic that in your marriage, Guys, we'd have like a bunch of perfect marriages, man. Like the two what becoming one flesh. Yeah, <laughs> we're we we stop resisting each other, yeah. and we learn how to compromise, and we learn how to agree. Right? Can two walk together unless they agree? I think it says in Amos, right? They can't. You, it's hard to walk together if you if you like if the color blue and I like the color red. It's hard for us to walk down the same path, right? If if you like long hair and I like short hair, it's like hard to like walk together. Together, right so i so it's just it's crazy man but that i mean that's that that's basically the reasoning of what it, it's it's pretty simple like mike said man it, i mean just to i'm not i'm not trying to go all up into the greek language and everything because we're not trying to give like a hardcore bible study but i'm just trying to let you guys know, i'm trying to simplify what the greek is saying because it's a little bit it's like 8k television compared to a 24 inch black and white right that's what the greek if you guys do a deep dive into the uh, what the what the words say that's exactly what it is man i'm agreeing with god because i've hung out with him because i know firsthand what he likes what he wants and i'm just doing it to appease him and in doing it to appease him it's just like any when my wife wanted me to go on a, a keto diet with her it was probably like two years ago and man if anybody who's hung out with me knows man anything with sugar and bad for me dude i probably got 30 of them in wrappers in my car you know <laughs> <laughs>
but anything that's like healthy, like that as it's not the way I roll, you know? And so for her to tell me like, you know, uh, we're going to cut out sugar now in the diet, you know, we're going to cut this, uh, we're going to cut bread out. We're going to cut sugar out. We're going to like all these crazy things. And at first it's like a shocker. And I'm just like, you know what? I really don't, I don't think I need keto. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not trying to, I don't need to get buy new clothes or anything. I've had, I think all my clothes fit me just perfect. You know, like I don't think I need a diet for whatever reason, but she wanted me to do it. So I went with it. Right. So as I'm going down it, I'm learning this new way of thinking of how everything that I'm taking inside of my body now, or I'm ingesting, I'm searching for the day, the evil in it, in which it would be sugar. Right. So if you're anybody who's ever been on keto knows that sugar is like the enemy to the diet. Uh, and coming from a brother who just took nothing but sugar in, like I feel like I would eat a whole spoonful if I got the choice, you know, um, having withdrawals. Sure. So uh, so it was hard for me to take in the all these sugar free things. Right. But you know what? After a month or two uh, uh, of eating something that is foreign to my thinking at first, you know what? You kind of get used to it. And now I still buy sugar-free uh, coffee creamer, right? And she's she's not keto no more. So sometimes she tells me, babe, can we just get the regular creamer? You know? And I'm like, just nope, like, nope, nope. <laughs> you started it. You remember, yeah, what, you, remember going. what you said? This yeah. Is, this is it. <laughs> yeah, she got, me, she got me into that. So I just thought... It's so crazy to think of how your patterns could change by just doing different for uh, after you do different for a while, then all of a sudden everything that used to be normal to you becomes foreign. Amen. And I feel like that's what God wants from us the as definition. believers, right? Everything in Ephesians 4 and 5 on how to walk in light, walk in love, walk in spirit, walk in truth. All these facts that the the all these things that God wants for for us to do, which is foreign for us, we just got to take a stab at it, man, and just start walking in it for a little while, you know. And I and you'll you'll see that you know there's nothing that looks better on you than um the armor of God, mm -hmm. right? I don't care what kind of I love suits, man, and I love a nice tailored suit and a short cut and everything, right? And I like the short jacket and the 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 the, uh, the small lapels and the big lapels and the pockets tucked in. But I promise you, there's nothing that looks so good on me as Jesus Christ, man. Hey, man. Nothing can make mm. me look as good as He does, mm. right? And the only right. way to get Him basically. Um, portaling in on me all the time is doing what's good and acceptable. I'm agreeing with what he says, so I'm walking with what he says because I'm believing what he's telling me. This is the right way to do it. And once I'm walking in that for a while, then I begin to see him all over the place or people will see him in me, right? Which is the best. I feel like that. There's nothing that makes you look as good as him. And with that being said, Mike, uh, you got any closing thoughts for us? I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that. Oh, yes. <laughs> you gave a whole sermon, brother. That's the Mike Monologue. That's, that's monologue. what we call the V-Hill way. <laughs> it's just that simple, guys. Just remember that. It's just Praise that God. simple. Now, um, if we're ready to close out, I would love to close out in prayer. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, do this. and uh, Praise to be God, who is good and loving and kind, who shows compassion on those who are weak and frail, who has the power to transform my weakness and my lowly thoughts. Lord, I confess that I have not always been grateful for your goodness or thought about your love as much as I should. Sometimes I let anxious and fearful thoughts take over and I forget that you are in control. 
thank you for the ability to transform my mind and help me focus on what is good and pleasing to you. Lord, please renew my mind in Christ that I may better serve you and follow your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So thank you for tuning in with us. Um, you can find our podcast on Spotify or any of the other uh, platforms that you can listen to podcasts on. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at Kingdom Misfits. And I just wanted to say, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us yes, on again. Ryan. You're always you welcome guys, to pop man. in, sit mm-hmm. in and have a conversation with us. I think it's fun when we have these round tables and yeah. have these discussions, learn so much. Ryan, you want to tell the folks how they can find you? Oh, yeah, you're, you're not even on any social media, are you? Nah, I got rid of uh, Facebook about seven years ago. Find them in the streets, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Find them in the Drive Church. Drive Church. and Fridays from at 7 to 9. He will be both services. Yes, sir. He's a greeter. When you're greeted with a smile, when you go to, if you go and visit Thrive Church, you know you met Ryan. Amen. Amen. Yeah, man. Thank you guys for having me. It's always a blessing. On the podcast and uh, on a one-to-one basis or a four-on-four, uh, four on, uh, four. Um, anytime I get around you guys, it's a blessing. So I want to I wanna thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for not only having me on the podcast, but for having me in your guys' life. Mm. You guys are important to me, and uh, you're, you're just more lights that, um, that I hope everyone can surround themselves with. So I individually thank all three of you guys uh, for being a blessing in my life. Amen. Amen. Iron sharpens iron, brother. Iron sharpens iron. With that, we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace. See ya. Peace.